Homie, I fuck girls all the time. Curvy bitch. We gotta get rid of these commies. Gassy orange sauce. Me getting sodomized by aliens after everyone's been killed that I know. Wow, what a jackass. How do you feel about your mother, by the way? You are the Carl Sagan to my Heineck. Welcome to People Time! Uh, hey, welcome to People uh, Time. Uh, uh, you got something in your throat? You alright? I am, I am having some allergy problems, so that might... Yeah, I, got, I can have an allergy pill if you'd like. Uh, they always make me fucking sleepy. Me too. Goddamn allergies, man. That's, not, that's no joke. Yeah. Um, I do have an announcement that what? we'll make great pets. We'll make great pets. We'll make great pets. What is this? What is that? It's a song. Oh, thanks. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> thanks. So people time is recently we just had a uh, an upgrade in the in the recording situation where we're both sitting in very comfortable chairs now for two and a half years <laughs> for two and a half years that we've been doing this shit i think we're coming on the three years here pretty good soon yeah we yeah. uh we've been sitting in kitchen chairs this whole time if you are a very long time listener you probably might even remember the old squeaky chair the good old squeaky chair yeah and uh that's basically what we've been sitting on and, and it only occurred to me recently that we could be sitting on this is comfortable in, chairs and couches like in your living room the whole time. <laughs> I've been going into other rooms to pull out the kitchen chairs to bring them back <laughs> and put them back after. There you go. Here's, a, here's our chairs. So I don't know. Like we, we might be a lot more relaxed as people. Oh, this is. I mean, this is nice. Cause I'm like leaned back. Only just big ass chair. We just bought a new couch, so it's even like, oh my god, this it is reclines. Actually, your your basement has really stepped into the whole. We're middle aged without kids. Yeah. Because your TV is the biggest goddamn thing I've ever seen. And yeah. your couch is really, really nice. I'm kind of a little bit. I feel weird about it. Eh. I feel very materialistic. It's, a, it's, it's one of those TVs, like, it's it's so big that when I come in, I'm like, is this what I've become? <laughs> is this me now? Do I suck? I know I watch a lot of fucking TV, but now I'm like, ah, this just feels like too much. I don't know. Like, I haven't watched anything on it, but it seems like maybe Die Hard or something would. Oh, yeah. Be that much better. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Well. Let's do a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles night. I watched that shit on my phone recently, and it was excellent. <laughs> yeah, you can watch that on anything. It doesn't matter. On a that toaster. Sh- it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Watch it on a reflection. Yeah. Through through a pond. <laughs> I'll it. still say all the lines. I'll still say it. <laughs> well, shit, what's your name? Uh, let's see if I can. Uh, Dr. Fjorn Featherbottom Esquire. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of words in your name yeah i'm a lawyer i'm a doctor of law bird law <laughs> is that what you want Spe- i heard feather I in there in well, let's see how it's to go toe-to-toe on bird law and let's see who comes well, the victor then yeah if we, if we if we were talking about bird law maybe <laughs> no i say your name again i can't remember it i don't know oh okay good it's you a, forgot to it's uh the joke is that uh, I'm the lawyer of my client, and my client is co-host too. Uh, oh, okay. And I'm reading his statements because what we're talking about today may or may not go well. Oh, I see. It's <laughs> a really bad joke. I liked it. Yeah, it works. Yeah, I hope that you don't get your client in trouble by saying anything. I mean, I don't think we're going to cross any legal lines here. I mean, as a lawyer right. of, of bird law, mm-hmm. I don't think we will. Yeah. We'll find out.
<laughs> Who are you? Uh, I'm actually, I'm a Michiganite. A Michiganite? A Michiganite. Oh, fuck. That's a good thing that yeah. uh, my client's not here. He'd violently thrash you. Yeah. And I, Michigan's the greatest. Ugh. We're the best state. How do you feel about that? How does your client feel about that? Uh, he did prepare a statement in case you said that. Mm. And it's that the entire state and people smell like burning tires. I mean, that's true. There's no, there's and, no lie. And they're so close to the uh, Great Lakes, they should all jump in them. Po- post haste as a Mich- michiganite <laughs> yeah. um I, i'm just gonna say that that's all probably uh, accurate of what needs to happen all right well at least you know that you live in a a diaper <laughs> you live in canada's diaper <laughs> and everyone you've ever known is a piece of shit yeah it's fine. <laughs> including my parents probably my mom yeah she probably this it, is good. She was from there. I deserve this. <laughs> <laughs> this is all true. This is all ringing correctly. Oh, shit. Well, well uh, welcome to People Time. If you haven't heard us before, we're a history, well, kind of history, more like biography. Biography, historical yeah. thing. Uh, we, try to, we try to base on history, but today's is a little bit of an indulgent extension on my part. But, is it now? Well, it's still history. It happened before. <laughs> it's like it didn't happen this afternoon. I feel like this is going to go into like so. Bilbo Baggins, like it happened before. It happened before. Is that fictional? Yeah. Sure, but it, it's history. Well, it's the history of the Red Book of Westmarch. Yes. Oh. Yeah. If you if you're into that kind of thing. So wait, who are we doing then? J. Allen Hynek. Who's J. Allen Hynek? I don't know if he's like a well-known thing, but he's a he's a UFO guy. Mm, I see what we're doing. We're doing. We're doing bullshit, fake stuff. All right. Here's the thing. <laughs> I pl- I invite you to be your skeptical self. Oh, I I don't need your invitation, but thanks. <laughs> I'm gonna do that. I'm always gonna be an I'm asshole anyway. Yeah, I'm a dick. But it for your information. Sure. He is an actual scientist. He's an actual person, and he uh, is one of the more important innovators for telescopic lenses. Ooh, I already like that. And he was the lead science advisor for Project Blue Book, so he was actually trying to uh, disprove UFOs. That was his initial plan. Blue Book sounds like something I should like. You reference it as if I just know this. I, I do. Well, but I you think should you explain just to our sh- listeners. Listen to the fucking episode, then. I can't wait. This is gonna be great. <sighs> Michiganites, oh, Michiganites, unite for this! I want to burn your whole state. Down. Well, before we get started, I've got a fun fact for you. I'm that ready I for think some fun. We can all appreciate instead of just me. Well, no, <laughs> just no. what the rest of the episode will be. I mean, it's about dogs, so I figure oh, everybody's yeah. gonna love it. Yeah, we are dog people. Okay, so there was a dog named Juliana mm. who was in World War II. She was using as a, a military, which I don't agree with, by the way. But she is was, that a thing? Yeah, that they they. Have I didn't know that. Like I know they have like cop, like police, police dogs. Yeah, so in the military. In the military, they use dogs a lot for sniffing out like mines and any kind of. Yeah, I don't like that. Bombs. Yeah, I don't use, like it either. Use cats or be a man. Yeah, you, if you fucking do it. Yeah, if you. This is your war, not you, theirs. You signed up to be in the military like a dipshit, so you fucking go smell the thing. <laughs> you have thumbs and technology. Go do it. Yes. Dog doesn't even know what's going on. But this is still kind of fun anyways, even though I don't like dogs being used in the military or even in the police. But there was this dog, Juliana, who was awarded the Blue Cross Medal. Nice. Um, actually, two. Two Blue Cross Medals. What is the Blue Cross for? 
Well, she was awarded it for someone threw in an incendiary into, like, I guess, a, an area where there was a lot of fighting going on. There was a bunch of uh, armed men, or mm. I should say the uh, allies. Okay. And she was able to stop the incendiary by peeing on it. No way. Now, I don't know if she was actually trained to do this. Oh, that's awesome. But I kind of feel like <laughs> there's a fire next to us. I'm going to go, don't worry, guys. I got I this. I got this. But she was given a second one because she also alerted her masters on that there was a fire in another building. So she knew there was a fire going on. Mm. She saw, she sniffed, whatever. She came back, barked at them, gave them the signals that they trained yeah. her for to say, eh, there's something going on over here. So they were able to go over and put out a fire. So she got two Blue Cross medals for peeing on an incendiary yeah. explosive and also alerting her masters. So uh, kind of weird and interesting, but... I kind of always like dog stuff, so. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many dogs have been awarded awards like that. Probably a couple. Yeah. Because there's always those stories of dogs in the wars. They, like, pick up, you know, like a, a, a squad runs across a homeless dog and they adopt it and then there's yeah. a whole fucking story. Yeah. There's all kinds of that shit. I do like that. That's so how she got rid of it. She's like, just psst, pee on it. Like, fuck you. Yeah, all the dudes ran away like, oh, no. And she's like, oh, I got piss. <laughs> It's out, guys. Piss right here. Pussies, it's out. Little bitches, I'm not even getting paid for this. <laughs> you dicks. Oh. Yeah, also, uh, at some point, I was actually going to do a whole episode on that uh, bear. You ever heard about that? Bear. His name is Wojtak or something like that. It's Russian, and he's he's a fucking bear that <laughs> fought with the Russian soldiers, I think, in World War II. I thought that was fictional. That's real? Yeah, I looked into it. He's totally real. Oh, my God. He's like a beer-drinking bear that hangs out with this this troop what badass is he did he make it out okay though i don't like animals yeah Fucking i believe he did getting into fights and wars no i think i think he i think he i think he made it i didn't i didn't finish the episode because <laughs> i realized that's it's called people time not animal time. but we are still gonna have to do our pup time yeah we are we should yeah we've been playing on that since, <laughs> since like day one yeah all right, well, so J. Allen, J, J-A-Y, or just J period? J period. Why? Um, because his his name's John, and his dad and his grandpa's name was John, and Ugh. he hated that. Oh, he hated it. Um, okay, I guess. Because it's fucking stupid. I might be a believer in UFOs, then. He already sounds cool. That's all it takes. That's all it takes, yeah. I was like, my whole life, I'm like, that's ridiculous. And then this guy's like, yeah, having the same name as my dad lame yeah uh this comes up a lot in people time mm. we don't like it we don't don't name your children after yourself it's weird good job jay <clears throat> yeah and i guess he didn't actually just change his name he just went by jay allen which is kind of cool no one else is called jay allen yeah it sounds like it should be like some kind of weird firm at jay allen we <laughs> make sure to protect you and your family do your neighbors not believe that you saw a ufo call jay allen <laughs> Jay Allen and Associates. It does. It sounds like it. Yeah. Well, okay. Okay. Let's do. Let's. I'm a little nerve. Let's do it. You're nervous. I just don't know how it's gonna go. Do you want me to help you out with your nerves? Because I. Uh... So Jordan Peterson. <clears throat> Jordan Peterson. He believes that I can't do his voice. I'm trying. It's kind of a Kermit. Uh, yeah, he's kind of talks like. <laughs> I saw. I sound like a pussy because. Males have penises and females. I can't do his voice. I'm sorry. I tried. I fucking hate that guy so much. Me too. <sighs> he sounds like somebody who's about to get hit and he knows it, 
That's how he talks. He's like sort of it's so cinching back. Yeah. Like, oh no. Oh. Oh, they're gonna find out. I'm, f- I'm an idiot. I'm <laughs> yeah, a fraud. Fucking pop academia bullshit. I still have a drawer full of my mom's panties. They're gonna know. <laughs> we already know. <laughs> you can see it on your face. <laughs> you started talking, and everyone knows. We knew. We already fucking knew. All right. Well, here's here's Heineck. All right. May first, nineteen ten. He was born in Chicago. Uh, in uh, May of 1910 was when uh, Halley's Comet Ooh. flew by. That was sort of significant for him, I guess. I don't think His it's... His own personal mythology. Wait, so when was that? 1910. 1910. What's the next time it comes around? Isn't it like every 50... Uh, 80-something 80 80 years? years? Yeah. That's The reason that's significant is uh, he always had this... Uh, I don't know if he really believed it or not, but he was like, I was born with the comet, I'm going out with it. Which really... Did he die when the comet... Yeah, he died when it came back. Whoa! Which, okay. But at the same time, UFOs are real. <laughs> it's hard. And so are, I guess, uh, future tellers. Comet people. <laughs> and, comet, and comet people. That, that also means that uh, who are those people that all killed themselves to get on Hale Bob? Oh, yeah. They actually did. Mm. Their souls jumped into the spaceship behind Hale Bob, and that's fine. And we found their bodies afterwards. Yeah. I bet that house stank, man. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, he was in California. It was about as hot as hell. <laughs> it's a smell. Our neighbors stink. What is that? I don't know. Is those weirdos mm. that all wear the same pairs of Nikes? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, Czech immigrant parents. Uh, school teacher, mom, Bertha, cigar manufacturer, Joseph. Oh. So his house and Toby's clothes always smelled like cigars, which... You know, I like to smell cigars. Depends on how much. I guess if it's just... Just cigars all the time. It can yeah. be a little overpowering. They are pretty stinky. One time, uh, we I'd had a, a bachelor party with my buddy. It was just me and two other dudes. Like he, he was getting married, me and another friend of ours. We got a smoking room in Wendover, and we all smoked cigars. And that room definitely tested my limits <laughs> on smelling cigars. And breathe. And I'm a smoker. Like it got to the point where all I could all I could smell when we went to the strip club later was cigar smoke. It was burned in that's my what mouth. everybody else could smell, too. <laughs> it's just coming it's off. like, of Jesus it. Christ. But that's how Jay smells, if you're interested. Okay. Yeah, that's a personal bit. That's nice to know. He's another one of this. This is another people time thing. He's a weird, sick kid. Oh, my God. What does he have? Cholera? Uh, scarlet TB? fever. Scarlet fever. We've had that come up a couple times. Yeah. But usually people don't survive that shit if it's when they're really young. Yeah, he was seven. <clears throat> Fuck, and he made it. So he almost died. And like a lot of other sick kid people time topics, he stayed in bed and read. Read. He read everything in his house. He read everything to the point where he asked his mom, because she was a teacher, to bring home uh, uh, science books because they were big and it took him a long time to get through them so he wouldn't be bored. We have many people who have done this. Tesla, he sat in bed with actually cholera, I think, and uh, (laughs) he read. We've done, a, we've done a bunch of people who have had this exact same experience. Yeah. I can't remember all of them because it just happens over and over. Where, yeah. I don't know. Like, dear dabbler listener, if you got kids, out break their leg. Get them sick. Get them sick around seven or eight and just let them read because apparently it makes interesting folks. Yeah. Throw the TV away. Yeah. No TV. And then... Take that tablet away from them. Yeah. Because all my friends that have kids, their kids are addicted to the tablet. And hey, you know what? If I had kids, I would do it too. Sure. Get but, them away from me, right? Yeah. <laughs> they don't just Leave stare at something alone. else. Don't talk to me. <laughs> You're not old enough to be interesting yet. <laughs> no, get them sick. I don't know with what. 
Cholera. Cholera, if you can find it. TB. And then just let them read, man, and they'll become cool. Yeah. That's apparently all it takes. Become science. It was uh, the other person, I think, was uh, uh, Feynman, right? Didn't Feynman get sick, too? That maybe, sounds right. Maybe not. But it's come up a ton of times. Yeah, it really has. Anyways. Yeah. I think Einstein, maybe, even. I don't yeah. remember now. So many people. Fucking like, Everybody. Oh, half of them. Unfortunately, I do remember Joe Smith was like that. Yeah. Yeah. So he was a smart guy, not cool. I, so it'll make your kids smart. I think he was smart for the people that are around him. <sighs> you know, when you're surrounded by idiots. Yeah. Yeah. You could pretty much get away with anything. Yeah. If you're around a bunch of second graders, you can appear very smart. A <laughs> bunch, bunch of people who, are, who have never read a book, and because you were sick once, you read five books. <laughs> And now you're the smartest guy in town. Right. All right. Well, I'm going to sleep with all you. Give me your money. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, Rick from Pawn Stars did oh. that too. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember you telling me about that in the previous episode. So that's important to know. Get, get sick and go get, read. Get sick. Hey, if you're a kid, I'll lick the floor of the subway and then go get some books. <laughs> yeah. That's all it's going to take. So, yeah. I mean, he's the, one of those nerdy kids. Uh, telescope, sci-fi books. All awesome. that shit, the things that turn you into a scientist, generally. Shit, yeah. Uh, there's not a lot known about his childhood, but his dad died when he was 14, and his mom died when he was 18. Bummer. So he kind of lonely kid threw himself into academia. <clears throat> That's good. Studying a lot. Loved the stars and whatnot, so he went to go get a Bachelor of Science at the University of Chicago, uh, which is actually when he started going by Jay, because I, I think that's probably pretty cool. Uh, my name's Jay. I drive a sports car. And like this nerdy science kid with a leather jacket. Like, what's up? <laughs> name's Jay. I was a sick kid. My parents are dead. Homie, I fuck girls. <laughs> All the time. What do I get a degree in? Pussy. That's <laughs> what I'm working on. This name sounds so snappy. <laughs> oh, Jay. My goodness. Well, ladies, line up, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what else, you know, else you can do. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Um, he got a position, well, his first position working at an observatory. He's obsessed with observatories. Observatories in, like, a space? Yeah. yeah. He, he loves giant telescopes and looking at the stars. Who doesn't? He sort of specializes in, uh, it's in my notes, but I think it's called spectrology. Spectra. This is nice. See, well, not, usually it's me saying this stupid. Yeah, it's in here somewhere. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, it's just like. The the difference of the shine that comes off a star and what you can tell from that, like how far away it is, what kind of star it is. What it's made up of, all sorts of weird shit. All that shit. He yeah. becomes a specialist in that. But he gets his first job at an observatory in Yerkes, Wisconsin. Oh, so he comes to the U.S. Wait, oh. he was always in the U.S.? Yeah, sorry. He was born in so uh, his Chicago. his were, were Czech but came to the U.S. You said yeah. that, immigrants, that's right. Yeah. But yeah, I think he does speak Czechoslovakian, but yeah, he's American. Cool. Um... So the Yerkes Observatory is like one of the biggest in the world at the time. And uh, a lot of, I guess, science historians would say Yerkes Observatory is like the birthplace of modern astrophysics. Because they had one of the oh. biggest telescopes where they figured out a lot of the shit that we know now about, you know, that kind of thing. You can tell what kind of a star it is by how it looks from certain telescopes and the brightness and whatnot. We're not great with science around here, <laughs> but that's what he does. Yeah. Um, let's see. In uh, 1933, this is uh, the first bit of uh, real history that Jay makes in uh, the 1933 Chicago World Fair. Um, 
Very recently, photocells were invented. And photocells are like what uh, solar panels do, right? It mm. sucks up the su- light from the sun and uh, turns it into electricity, right? Right. So the Yerkes Observatory strapped a bunch of photocells on the end of their telescope and pointed it toward Arcturus, which is a very bright star. And the gimmick for the World Fair was they were going to use the the... I guess you'd say light power from Arcturus to charge these photocells and then use the uh, transformed electricity to turn on all the street lights for the World's Fair. Is that really how that would work? I feel so like no. they ran the calculations and it should work. Huh. It should work. I feel and like the light from a very distant star would not power shit from that well, distance. And I would wonder like how powerful these photocells would have to be. What year is this? Jesus. 1933. Wow. But the World Fair, every time that happens, and I think we talked about this in Tesla a little bit, they find some gimmicky cool way to show off science. Yeah. And what's cooler than that? I mean, I guess everybody there just has to take your word for it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what's happening. Are you sure? Uh Uh-huh. Sure you didn't just plug those in? (laughs) How can you check? Don't go looking. Just go look at the, there's photocells on the observatory. You like walking? Don't go looking. Don't, Don't worry about it. Break your knees. Don't worry about it. It's Arcturus. Welcome to the World Fair. Enjoy yourself. cotton candy, bitch. Eat it fast. Well, the fun thing is that Heineck is still, you know, a young college student. He's like 22. And his job... Okay, if there were too many clouds to see Arcturus, his job was to charge the photocells with a flashlight. (laughs) (laughs) So we heard it like what we just talked about. So it's like... Yeah, the flashlight's ready. So uh, you got the yo- so even with the flashlight, though, that's pretty impressive. It would be, yeah. Because the power you'd get from a flashlight to power street lamps seems like it wouldn't work even that way. Well, I don't think they were lighting like all of them. I think they were turning on like two or three street lamps. There's a couple of bulbs. Yeah, they're a little bit dim. Squint. Well, like it is it's late. odd to think that the light from a flashlight could power three regular lights, but then again, I'm not a science guy. Neither. So the idea, though, is hilarious because they have a backup plan. They, it sounds like they legitimately want to do the experiment. However, if it doesn't, if it's not able to because it's cloudy, they, were they willing... are going to still say that's what's happening, but have some kid with a flashlight being like, <laughs> I'm charging this up. Uh, okay. I mean, at least they can say, yes, our photocells are turning those lights on and the telescope is pointed at our turrets. <laughs> those are true statements. Those are all real. Don't worry about anything else involved. <laughs> Luckily, at least according to him, he didn't have to do that. I kind of feel like he probably did. <laughs> I don't know why you would tell that story otherwise. Yeah. But uh, he ends up getting a, uh, his doctorate. Uh, his dissertation was... Um, and again, this is more science stuff that I shouldn't have the audacity to talk about. But the, there are different classes of stars, and it's, there's like a grading system of stars based off of like this one's a an A plus because I like it. This one well, it is, is actually, stupid and ugly, so it's a fuck star. <laughs> it's orange and gross. I like the blue ones. Um, I think that they're based off of how large and hot the star is so a larger hotter class i believe is a class oh shit and it goes down to f class i was joking i didn't think they were actually graded that way that's how they're actually graded that's really and there's this observatory in california called uh, mount wilson that was like i don't know really celebrated observatory where all the studies that came out of there people were like whoa we're learning so much about stars and heineck's dissertation was actually about how they misidentified a group of stars 
uh, they identified them as class A, and he was like, no, they're actually F0, and here's here's why. So his his whole thing was, I'm smart because these people are dumb and made a mistake. I'm going to point it out. Yeah, his And it's a pretty big difference, A to F. I don't know what the zero is for, but... Yeah, the zero is another gradient of it, but it's just he's the kind of guy who's like... You thought they were the best, they're the worst stars. Oh, okay, just because I'm in Wisconsin and you're in California, you can just tell me what class of stars are? You don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Dude, I powered (laughs) streetlights. With a flashlight. I know spectrography (laughs) really well. Yeah, you don't even know what that word means. probably think it's made up. Dicks. Um, And he was uh, uh, advised by his... his, uh, you know, physics professor mentor to not do that because he's like, what? That's good. Peer review. You should be called out. That's what science science, is. Yeah. Yeah. So he, well, and essentially his, his mentor was like, yeah, call him out, like release a paper, but don't make make your dissertation. (laughs) I'm a scientist now because of this. I Uh, called these guys out. Now I'm a, I'm a doctor. I wonder who's more of a scientist in this, uh, in this scenario. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of feels like it might be good old Jay and his, his leather jacket. <laughs> uh, well, he becomes a uh, professor of physics and astronomy at Ohio State University. Um, he uh, he marries some lady named Mimi Curtis. Mimi Curtis. Mimi. Who, uh, I guess, is uh, 14 years younger than him. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. How old is attractive. he? Uh, he was probably in his 30s by now. He's just been working at an observatory. So and... she's like in her like, late teens. <laughs> Oh boy, I should probably find out actually how old he is here because we might. She was she was seventeen and and ten months, so close to being legal. It was. Yeah, that's not. I think she's, I think she's eighteen. <laughs> Whoa! So that's not. Like, you like some. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. You know what? It's, I like to think though at the same time that some of those guys get it back at them because have you ever been around an eighteen-year-old? <laughs> oh my god! I want to oh shoot my myself. So. This is definitely something I shouldn't say because it's entirely personal and nobody's business. Oh, I can't wait. My sister-in-law is uh, 20, 19 or 20. She lives with the wife and I. Okay, yeah. She's dating a 30-year-old gentleman. And uh, I've been screaming at her for months. I'm like, he doesn't see you as a real person. He sees you as a, as a fuck toy. He mm-hmm. sees you as a child. I see you as a child. You're kind of hard to be around because you're <laughs> annoying. He sees it the same way. He doesn't. He doesn't care about you! He just wants that... Um... Young stuff? Yeah. He wants the young stuff. Ugh. Which, um, it's just, it's not worth having to listen to them and the thoughts they have because they're so inane. Jennifer <laughs> just came over and can you believe the nail polish she chose? <sighs> I'm sorry. I'm sure there are plenty of people of that age range that are not that. I'm definitely going for the stereotype of conversations i've personally heard that i'm just like i I have to walk away we're in our 30s which means that we can look at anybody younger than us and judge them now well i I think we can judge too because it's fine there's just a difference i was 20 and i was stupid and said weird things oh god i was horrible now i get a raise at work i'm like we can buy that new couch honey isn't that exciting let's go celebrate by buying a couch the biggest tv anyone's ever seen (laughs) and then you know to a kid they're like jesus that's how you celebrate good god yeah. You're oh, thirty, no, I, not eighty. I mean, in that, yeah, in that defense, my sister-in-law looks at me as a decrepit, grumpy old piece of shit who doesn't know anything. Well, I look at you that way too, but <laughs> she's not wrong. 
Yeah. And I just think she's obnoxious. That's all. So. I think both of you are right. We're all right. Aww. Everybody's right. That's what people time is really about. They're... We're all in this together and every thought you've ever had is correct. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. We're all connected to the trees and the clouds and you're always right about everything. This is nice. This is nice. Happy, happy accidents. Happy little tree. Feels like new agey shit. Sounds like hippie shit. Fucking hate those guys. <laughs> Heineck, towards the end of his life, starts to get in that shit. I don't know what it is with people and their... <laughs> I'm sorry, you were saying? During World War Two. <laughs> oh shit, we're already in World War Two. We're jumping ahead, so... <laughs> yeah, are we there's... talking about 39? There's not a ton. Uh, well, for America, like... Oh, 42. 44? 42? 39. So 41 is when we joined. This is terrible that we don't know that number. No, it's 41. Okay, 1941. So I've been skipping a bit ahead just because, honestly, he was a professor. He was in college. He married a girl too young for him. He worked in an observatory. Yeah. This is not a lot to know. I like it. It's fine. He sounds like a nice guy. I mean, just imagine... Like uh, the Joe Biden we all thought he was before he became president with the leather jacket and the aviator glasses. Sure. Cool guy Joe. Top Gun Joe. Yeah. Yeah. And now he's turning out to be kind of a really pathetic shit president who I don't want to hear his dumb face anymore. I, I never thought he was going to be super great. No, I didn't have a lot of hope in that, but I didn't think it was going to be this bad. <laughs> I, I chose the lesser guy. of two evils. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I voted for him, and I'd do it again over the other fucking guy. Which, by the way, you know what I'd like to say? <laughs> okay. Just as an official announcement to the world and the media? I'm sure we're all ready. Trump is no longer president. Oh, yeah. So if I ever hear his goddamn voice again, I'm going to murder everybody. Okay. Everyone. You know he's going to come out with another reality TV show. That's what's going to happen. And then it'll be the next step for him coming president again. That's what's going to I'm foretelling everybody. And that 80-year-old fucker doesn't run out of energy. Uh, I'm so mad. He should just die. I don't die. feel like he actually does a lot either. So. Well, I guess that, well no, I, I don't know. On those uh, rallies, he sits up there and rants for like three hours. Yeah, but I think that's... Yeah. I don't know. Which I, We do this show, and I'm exhausted. <clears throat> That's why we're on couches now. <laughs> Which is nice. <laughs> so, World War Two, uh, good old science brains uh, like Heineck and others. Feynman, you know, Einstein. Just about everybody that we've done that's a science type in World War Two, they get tapped to be part of the help, Manhattan Project. Help the military somehow. Don't go. Don't go over there and die. Um, his thing that he was a, a, a ta- or tapped onto was to help develop the proximity fuse. And he was apparently very um, in, in the, integral in that. In the atom bomb? No, it's so... A proxi- proximity well, they did, they did end up using a proximity fuse on the, on the atom bomb, but uh, generally a, a proximity fuse is like... It's um, just for any kind of rocket. Well, it's any type of fuse that is supposed to go off before hitting a target. Like because it does The target damage. is before the target, essentially, so that you have the spraying of the... Uh, uh, shrapnel and the fire goes towards you instead of hitting the ground. Because it does like something crazy, like seventy five percent or higher more damage. Oh god! If it hits the actual target, the ground or whatever, and it explodes, it only does a small amount of damage. But if you actually blow it up just before it hits, yes, it does incredibly or like, more damage. If it hits the ground, the ground might absorb a lot of that shit as Probably opposed to the above the air where it just spreads its enormity on top of everybody. It's so a, yeah. Real fun killer stuff. Uh, the one that they worked on was uh, 
Uh, I believe uh, uh, they used a, a, a radio transmitter type of thing for a Doppler effect. So it would a radio signal would bounce off the target and the proximity fuse, and once the the Doppler effect was like, yeah, to a certain... The Doppler certain, effect, uh, that's the... Yeah. Right. So it's just... Uh, so it can tell the distance from its target, so once it hits the, the right pitch or whatever, it goes off. Which that, is interesting. That's the fuse he helped develop, which, like you said, did end up... Uh, being used on uh, on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, yay! Oh boy, yay! <sighs> thanks. Yeah, thanks, Jay. Humanity's great. <laughs> Just, I can only imagine like when you when you try How to can compress... we make a bomb better. <laughs> <laughs> when you compress history in like a, a thousand years or a two thousand year span or whatever, and you like look at it and you're like. Oh man, we're just icky. Like it just looks pathetic. This is icky. This is what we did. Oh, okay, good. Well, seriously, like I don't know, because I've been having a lot of very apocalyptic thoughts lately. Think, oh, I've been super cynical. I'm so glad you. Think, what apocalyptic thoughts have you had? Oh, just that we're fucked. Oh, yours is more like we're doomed. Like climate change is run away now. Uh, every year is going to yeah. be another extreme summer, extreme winter, extreme weather. I uh, can't wait. There's going to be climate refugees, and then and then the economy will collapse, and then it's just I foresee it. Get, and then of course you've got all the uh, the motherfuckers who refuse to get vaccinated and have weird thoughts about brown people. So I just think that things are only going to get worse. And I'm not been stoked. My only complaint <laughs> lately. My only complaint on that is that I don't think I'll have the satisfaction of saying I told you so when we're all dead. When we're, yeah, when we're because that would be really nice and be like. Uh, a lot of people try to say that, and you were like, "Ooh, ooh. We tried to warn you, guys." So I'm a little bit disappointed in that if we all go out in a big blast or or, or a slow dying of heat, ugh, heat death. Uh, okay, I don't, I don't care anymore. I'm really praying for just a <laughs> big ass meteor. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, just dying. Give me a good show right before. <laughs> yeah, give me have something to clap at and be in awe of, and then be like, "Great!" And then you're dead <laughs> from rubble. Yeah. That would be really nice. I got a little bit cynical, so yeah, really nice. Sorry, dabblers, I'm a little bit. Uh, but what? I don't even know why we started talking about. Oh, that like, yeah. If you look back at the the entirety of human history, we're just fucking pieces of shit. Yeah. And we develop proximity fuses instead of uh, I don't know. Some so way he to developed stop it, the right? He was integral in it in the uh, gotcha. the physics of of designing it with the dabbler or sorry Doppler effect with the radio that they strapped on there. So he's one of the guys. One, one of the dudes. One of the teammates on that, huh? At, uh, it was the John Hopkins University Physics Lab that, Applied Physics Lab that uh, developed that. John Hopkins, I feel like that's come up too in our previous episodes. Anyways, go on. Pretty prominent, uh, yeah, hospital and university. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Hopkins and Sloan Kettering, I saw them blazing it up. Really? Yeah, that's a stepbrother's joke. I don't get it. Because those are both, uh, high-end medical universities, Sloan Kettering and John Hopkins. Mm-hmm. It's a Will, it's a, that's a Will Ferrell joke. Mm. So Jay Allen had a very high security clearance in the military because he knew, um, <clears throat> the, I mean, this proximity fuse inside and out, and it's a top-secret technology, and he also had to collaborate with some uh, some English... Uh, scientists, because there was some technology exchange there. Yep. Because the English actually d- started the the work on what ultimately became the more efficient proximity fuse. Oh. So he uh, he's pretty important in in that sense. 
When the whole time we got spies that are trying to steal it all, actually successfully stealing most of it. Yeah, what the fuck is that about? Like, you would think that of anything that we could keep a secret. It's the most open, top-secret Manhattan Project. Well, Julius Rosenberg deserved to be hung. <laughs> but you'd feel differently for his wife. Ethel, I'm just not sold on, on what she knew. That's nice. She also seemed like a sweet lady. You can go check out that episode and decide for yourself. Yeah, go decide for yourself. And then email us if you think that I'm wrong. And then I'll email you back and we'll fight. I'm going to email you. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> yeah <laughs> email us from i don't our know own, um, our, from our own domain you know maybe a little a little while back i'd have been like yeah i don't believe in the death penalty but remember oh i don't fucking cynical well lately so i don't believe in the death penalty either but <clears throat> yeah back then you know what else you can do with traitors <laughs> no. i don't know just put them in jail I don't know, I've just had a lot of thoughts about traitors recently, and I'm like, yeah, well, maybe we should just fucking hang them. But, again, yeah, I actually... This it, is a you're dark... Ma- you're making a good point. I do have problems with capital punishment. I love this is dark, This is dark, but not because of the episode itself. Me and you are just both like, <laughs> fuck everybody. Maybe we should all just die. Maybe a meteor? Hang them all. Can we just hang them all and then get hit by a meteor? Please. <laughs> Please, God. <laughs> so, welcome to People Time. Hey! You know, we like to keep it light <laughs> and dark. Sometimes history's a little bit dark, so we like to try to lighten it up by being even darker. Yeah, that used to be our tagline, but now it's we're just too dark all the time. Yeah. When it's light on this side, we have to now put in the darker part. <sighs> well, that's the vibe we give off here, so well, welcome for, uh, thank you for people time. Like we care. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't even fucking care that you listen to this show. <laughs> Maybe we love you. You know it. A fucking traitor, anyway. You know we're joking. All right. So after the war, uh, he started popping out. Well, his wife started popping out kids. He was put, um, he was putting them in, and she was popping them out. He's putting kids in her. Yeah. Wow. Pretty gross stuff. But how many kids does he end up having? <laughs> he ends up having four, I believe. Nice. Four or five. Uh, he becomes the director for Ohio State's McMillan Observatory and also uh, the director for the Perkins Observatory, also in Ohio. <clears throat> what does a director do? He's just like the main guy, so he would be in charge Look of... at those cluster of stars next. Point it, point it, point What's it. What's the sun doing now? Point it at the sun. <laughs> Look directly at it. <laughs> and they're screaming, like, write down your observations. I'm the director. <laughs> I'm directing. You do what I say. <sighs> Poor Jay had to <laughs> blind all these people for science. <laughs> Blinded me with science. <laughs> she blinded me. Um. So yeah, he's, he's that's big. what that song's about. I never knew. in the ocean. That's a great song. Yeah, I didn't know that's what it was about. She blinded me. <laughs> uh, he published a bunch of papers about. Oh, this is what I was talking about. Stellar magnitudes by measuring stellar spectra. What, so wait, what is that? Spectrometry-ism. Mm. It's just that. So stellar Magnitude. magnitudes meaning like, uh, so the distance of the star, the size of it, what class it is. Uh, like you were saying, like how, what chemicals are shooting off the fucking thing. Yeah. And he he was finding he was finding ways to figure that out just by. Look at the thing. You look at this one, take measurements, take what we already know from other observatories, etc. And that's just called uh, stellar spectra. That was his uh, That was his uh, specialty. That sounds like a really fun job. Like, that would be some sick shit I would like to. I think I would enjoy that. 
I don't know. Like, I love science, but it sounds boring to do it. No. It's just like numbers all the graphs. and charts. Yeah. And... You're like, this one's blue. That means it's made of this. Isn't that cool? I mean, it is objectively neat. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't Besides, I... I feel like those guys that sit at the telescopes probably take a lot of naps. I feel like that's good. I bet there's a ton of naps in science. Because like, the star's still flickering. I have to keep watching it for the next 10 hours. But so I'm... it's still there. I'm going to take a quick nap ski. You know, a little like half hour bit. It's not going to change the whole course of science. And that's when the UFOs. And that's, wait, that's what he's known for. Oh, he's the no. guy who didn't take a nap and he saw them. Good old Heineck. That's not what happened. Um, Let's see. He, uh, he has a, an on-campus radio show called Sky Unlimited where he... Just, just a goddamn nerd on a close for circuit real? radio show. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, he's also an advisor for other observatories that had stars. Like they actually, what do they call it? Um, I just wrote my notes that they're acting weird, but it's basically like <laughs> when they can't decide why a star is doing a certain thing. So, like, I don't know if I can tell you what this all means, but it says variable hydrogen curve. Uh, variations in stellar spectrum and velocities of mass escaping. Uh, he basically became... Like unexplainable for what we know already? Yeah, obscure. So like if a star's, I guess in a certain way, just twinkling in a way that you don't know what that means, you call Heineck. He's like, he gets the reputation as the guy who understands weird stars and knows how to diagnose their spectra. How many times, though, do you think like there's just a misunderstanding where the guy calls him in and he's like, so it wiggled up and down and then it stopped until it left. And he's all like... Dude, did you go look at the top of your telescope? Oh, you got a little smudge there? You got to wipe that off. That's going to cause some reflection to come through, and it's going to make it look like it's wiggling. This is amateur shit, bro. This is noob. You've been here for a year. Did, How many times do we have to go over all this stuff? You make guys, sure your lenses are clean. Did you guys know what, that's what all that Windex is for? Oh, my God. Jay just screamed at me <laughs> for an hour. And we have a closet full of Windex, and I was always like, why? And the whole time I was like, oh, he's so cool, though, Jay. God, with his leather jacket and his 18-year-old wife. Even the way he wiped down the lens, he didn't just like, he's just quick and like. He looks, he looks badass. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Um, I apparently have a, a quote from a book that can describe this better than my stupid ass can, potentially. Oh, okay. Just don't know if I uh, know where it is here. I mean, you don't just have it rattling around in your head like you do with everything else? Christ. <laughs> Going to an episode that I did research on, like, oh, yeah, I think it's this. I'm like, how do you already know that? Like, oh. I don't know. I honestly don't know why or how I know anything that I know. So this is a quote from the book Close Encounters Man by Mark O'Connell, which is just about Jay Allen. The Close Encounters, so that sounds like Close. alien. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The alien stuff is coming up here. Okay, good. Which... If you, so far, you uh -huh. can believe what I've said. It sounds like I did some research. <laughs> it sounds like, you made it sound like, sounds by saying like that, it sounds like what I'm saying is legit, right? I'm making it all up, but it sounds pretty good. Oh, yeah. So this quote <laughs> that I'm not just making up, let's see, uh, to explain how he became like the reputation for the, the guy that you call when a star is weird. It says, the confounding velocities of mass escaping uh, beta lyra or the paradox of zeta tauri's variable hydrogen curve uh, phi percy with its remarkable helium lines or the uh, attractive astrophysical problems of p cygni and the striking variations in the spectrum of ga gamma cassiopeia 
were especially troublesome and tantalizing to Heineck. That's not. That's not what it. You made it. That's that's made up. Yeah, I made all that up. Not you, but that. I mean, it sounds. Everything sounded very sexy. The attractive <laughs> lines, the striking image, like all of them were very descriptive of like this very well, the sexy that's, that's hydrogen. The, I think that to Heineck, Spectra is pretty sexy. I mean, that's probably true, but. It sounds hilarious. But yeah, those are all things that observatories ran into. Uh, so all those weird words I said are stars, like Beta, Lyra, and and Phi Percy. Yeah, the Phi, the bulging Phi Percy. Oh, the bulging Phi Percy. The throbbing curvy bitch. <laughs> uh, those were all those were all things that Heineck was uh, called in to take a look at and help solve. Why, uh, in my words, they are weird. Yeah. So what did all that mean? Just that, like, so I think what it is is that in, in observations, the star will have a weird twinkling pattern, and to decide what it means, like, Heineck was like, well, it's the, uh, like, one of the, one of the examples here is the hydrogen curve, I'm sure is what he diagnosed, hmm. is, is that's why it sparkles that certain way. I mean, his whole job is looking at sparkling lights and telling you what it means. <laughs> oh, yeah, that? Oh, I can tell you what that means. That's, oh, dude, uh, it's a hydrogen curve. Duh. Uh, amateurs? Fuck. I'm going back to Ohio. I don't even know what a hydrogen curve is. Like, hydrogen makes sense. Curve makes sense. Put those two words together. What's a hydrogen curve? I think it's something they do in baseball. <laughs> yeah. That's what, as far as I understand. It's the subtle, gentle curve of the hydrogen. Oh, I love a subtle curve. Or a more a more overt curve I'm into, too. <laughs> very obtuse. Very... Love a curve. You give me a curve of anything and I'll bite it. 90 degrees? Whatever. I don't care. 92? Oof. Give me that shit. 98? Just comes straight at you and then hooks hard left. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Uh, he also became an advisor for what was called Project Paperclip, uh, which is what ends up being... Uh, well, they've taken measurements uh, on equipment to to uh, build the V2 and V1 rockets. Paperclip? Yeah, Operation Paperclip was where we began the study of V1 and V2 rockets, which is basically, it turns into the rockets to shoot us into space, but it's also partly stolen technology from the Germans who had recently been. Oh, we stole some from the Germans, eh? Yeah. <clears throat> well, Paperclip is, is that, where like uh, Werner von Braun, he was a Nazi... Scientist was working on V rockets and he was building them for to be militarized. Of course, Nazis lose. Instead of putting them on trial, we took him in and he was like, "Yeah, okay, I'll help you." Get here's to all the stuff. And here's some Nazi technology. Hmm. And Heineck was uh, not in Paperclip, obviously, but he was in White Sands when they were oh. working on this, helping with measurement equipment and, and oh. astronomical calculations. Nazi technology sounds like first you put the Jew in the rockets, <sighs> then you blast it off into a mountain, and you're like, "Oh my God! Oh, that technology is just... Do you have to put the Jew? Like, why? Why does it have to be? I get you don't like them, and you're you're eradicating, but like, why is it in your like notes for science? This is science. This is how science works. Okay. You it's... need a Jew. It doesn't work without a Jew. It's the magic of the Jew. Jesus Christ! The <laughs> It's, it's called Jew fuel. <laughs> oh, no, I don't That's like it. you need to progress science. It's the only reason we went to space. Um, all right, so then this is... Uh, okay, so in 1947, if, uh, if you're unaware, the uh, UFO phenomena kind of kicks off because of a, an aviator or... He was an amateur pilot 
named Kenneth Arnold saw what he says in Mount Rainier, Washington was nine disc-shaped skipping objects. Just in, in space? No, he was flying over the mountains and he saw through a, a valley area, he saw these nine things just sort of shooting over the trees and in circles. And he said they looked like skipping stones or flopping fish in the air. So I know the U.S. government's come out and said stuff. I don't know exactly what, to be honest with you, because I've only been reading stuff secondhand. But it's like, in today's age, yeah, that, yeah, UFOs are most likely real, and we have different accounts, and there's these crazy videos that they've been releasing or have been leaked or whatever. Yeah. But my first thought is when hearing this back in this time frame, wasn't there like a whole bunch of shit when it came to seeing things and realizing that it was actually just like malfunctionings or things that were reflecting off of other stuff oh, yeah. that they later explained was like, yeah, it was just this. I mean, it kind of depends. So like things things like uh, the Foo Fighters. Right, right. The, uh, I think it's undiagnosed. However, some people do have explanations for some of those incidents of being like yeah. flares misidentified, stars misidentified. But I but think there like been ultimately actual... there's enough pilots being like, no, I saw a fucking ship type of thing where you have to take their word for it yeah so uh that type of thinking plus you know the cold war is heating up and everybody thinks that um the ruskies have some secret technology and everybody's worried about that as well as you know sci-fi movies and shit so it was when kenneth arnold said that he saw these things and because he described them as discs even though when you read his description they don't sound like discs they're more like I don't know, roundish objects. Hmm. But because he used that word, uh, the news reported it, and that's where the flying saucer word comes from. So that, that all the things we think of when we think of, like, yeah, alien aircraft, which is usually disc-shaped flying saucers, came from a misunderstanding that the media portrayed? I think, just, yeah. They just took a word, and it, and it took off. Interesting. Flying saucer. Which honestly... If you look into the lore, which I have, <laughs> thank you, uh, uh, discs are less likely than other shapes anyway. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I like that because, like, can you imagine that they just kept on using more kitchen-like <laughs> references? Like, well, it wasn't a flying sauce on this, in this instance. It's more like a, uh, you know, the big salad bowl? Yeah. It was more like that. Or more like a colander <laughs> Yeah. with a spatula in it, and it's just spinning around. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying. Let's stick a fork in this. Let's come back to it. We'll come back to it later. Let's come back to this later. We'll cut into this with a knife later. We're gonna. I can't think of a pun. <laughs> We're gonna. Yeah. It's literally like Michael Scott just now, where I'm like, "It's all right, baby." Fridge. The cup is half full. Fr- fridge of fluoride. Fridge. <laughs> Terminator Two. Back in black. Uh, wait. What were we doing again? Uh, I think we were just quoting the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> At least I hope that's what we were doing. Um, so then, uh, later in 47 is when the supposed, uh, Roswell crash happened. So this building of, uh, more news stories about flying saucers, suddenly everybody's just fucking seeing them, which is yeah pretty coincidental. It's kind of like how that goes, right? Before there were, you know, before Photoshop, there wasn't a whole lot of flying saucers and ghosts before cameras. And then when cameras come out and Photoshop, and also there's a lot. How do we know that ghosts don't just like cameras? I don't know. I like my favorite like thought process. Uh, I don't know who originally said it, but it was like, if ghosts were real and could harm people, there would not be any white people. <laughs> Yikes. True, though. Yeah. Yeah. Fair is fair on that. 
That's why, you know, I'm fine with ghosts existing. I don't have a theory on it particularly. But I don't think so. My wife is terrified of them. And I'm like, they don't do anything but spook you. Everyone's what can yeah. they? What can they? They can't fucking stab you. Well, everyone's stories that I hear are always like the ghost was wearing a black dress and a veil, and it's always like this very descriptive, like what you'd see in movies and stuff. I'm like, where is the guy who died in the '90s who was wearing his grunge, like way too big? Oh, yeah, the, for some reason, every ghost is from like 1880. Yeah. <laughs> Why isn't there a ghost that some people died from the '90s and I've never seen a. You know, Eddie Van Halen t-shirt wearing ghost. True. It's hard to argue with that. Yeah. Uh, seems like a pretty definitive argument, and I no longer believe in ghosts. I win! That's it. Ah, but took. UFOs are probably real because Jay. That is one thing I like, and uh, of course Jay does get into some UFO shit now, but we do live in a world now where it's kind of hard to argue that they exist. You can't say what they are. Yeah. But it's kind of hard to say that at least some of those videos are like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely ones I don't know that I don't answer. So, uh, then, in January of 1948, a pilot named Captain Thomas Mantell, who if you... I'm going to say a bunch of these kinds of things, and if you're interested, just Google that name. So if you're an alien, uh, what do you guys call yourselves? Well, I call myself a jackass. Oh, okay, so if you're an alien jackass. Yeah. No, there's a guy... Well, I I don't don't know, enthusiast? Sure. Uh, Aficionado? Yeah. There's not a clever, cool name for alien believers, like UFO believers? No. Some of them call themselves ufologists, but that just makes me want to throw up. Yeah. That's all right, I guess. I think just... I think I'm going to try to come up with a name during this episode for you guys. That'd be good. Yeah. Cook that. Cook through that. Try to find a good pun for it. I think you're just going to end up being, like, space dipshits. (laughs) No, but I want to be nice. If you're interested, it is called the Mantell Incident. But it's, what's weird is he is uh, flying a uh, P-51, which is like a an early kind of jet. And he is a fighter pilot, or at least a test pilot. And he saw something. Uh, he, he said it was a ship. He saw that it, he could see on the radio. He said it was metallic. And uh, it was kind of dicking with him, like flying sort of side to side. And it was pissing him off because he's in this P-51, which is experimental and very fast and he's like i can't catch the fucking thing and uh the uh it it may or may not have been on radar but he did chase the thing into the upper atmosphere until he ran out of oxygen (laughs) and his ship plummeted to death he died death spiral oh he died he died oh my god so the reason that's important is that uh the government was like, well, that's a soldier who was chasing an unknown thing, and maybe it was his imagination or a duck, but he's dead uh, in this very expensive ship, and the fear that it could actually be Russian technology uh, makes people decide that they need to look, Observe. look into this, yeah. potentially. Um, so the Air Force Technical Intelligence Center tasked the brand spanking new uh, Wright-Patterson Air Base in Ohio to look into this shit. Uh, and it was called Project Sign. Hmm. So Project Sign lasted from 1947 Sign? to 49. S-I-G-N? Mm-hmm. Like the alien movie Signs? I don't know if that's where uh, M. Night Shama, Shyamalan uh, Long came up with. Or where... That's the twist. Oh, my. We just figured it <laughs> What's out. What's twist? He got us again! <laughs> with the, his twists are, t- are coming into real life now. The hidden secret twist. God, for such a talentless fuck, that guy keeps <laughs> making it work. However, I would argue that Signs is his only movie that you can watch more than once. I like Signs. 
Like, you can't watch Sixth Sense a second time, and nothing else he made is really worth your time. Fair enough. So that's, I made I made a whole point just now about signs and how I like it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I like Joaquin Phoenix. Especially. Me too. I fucking love that guy. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Uh, Project Sign needed an astrophysicist um, because they needed a specialist in that area. And Hynek is in Ohio, where this air base is. He still has his security clearance from the war, so he accepts it. He's like, okay. Well. So at this point, he's not like, oh, yeah, UFOs. I'm totally all about it. Is he more no. like... He thought it... He called it a post-war... Uh, what do you call it? Like experience? Paranoia or craze. Oh, I see. Where he thought that people just... I mean, some people he thought had, like like cultural PTSD from the war because it was so scary. Right. So they see shit in the sky and they're like, oh God, the Nazis are back or the Ruskies got some technology. So he thought it, he didn't think it was real. He just thought, yeah, I'll come, I'll come help you debunk this shit for the calm, the people's minds. Okay. Yeah. If you it's will. just the commies, calm down. Big deal. So they can fly faster than we ever imagined okay. and, and they hate us. <laughs> okay. And they tricked one of our own to fly into his death. And, uh, yeah, they probably do have nukes. I know it's fine. Everything's fine. Everything. You guys ever thought about how communism really isn't that bad? That or he's going the other way. And he's like, "We got to get rid of these commies." He's there to like try to calm everybody down, but instead he joins in and makes it worse. <laughs> he's like every day calling the president, like, "You gotta nuke him. <laughs> you gotta do it now. There's no other chance." Yeah. Yeah. McCarthy's like that's where McCarthy got his fuels. This random guy just screaming. They probably got weapons of mass destruction up there. Oh yeah, yeah. Fucking, I love that that guy never caught one either. Yeah. What a jackass. Yeah. He's almost as bad as us UFO fans. Yeah, you've never caught an alien that I know of. I have a couple, but. Not that you're gonna know about. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's exactly what he said too. I've <laughs> caught, I've caught so many guys. I'm saving Dude, you guys. My basement is full of communists. <laughs> you guys just don't even know about it because I'm handling it. The poor thing was, is he probably did have people in there that weren't commies that he was I just know, yelling at and calling them commies. He did straight up get some people fucking ostracized and oh yeah, death by association. Yep. But Heineck said, uh, in response to joining Project Sign, quote, it was thus almost in a sense of sport that I accepted the invitation to have a look at Flying Saucer reports. I also had a feeling that I might be doing a service by helping to clear away the non-science. Uh, after all, wasn't this a golden opportunity to demonstrate to the public how the scientific method works, how the application of impersonal and unbiased logic of the scientific method uh, could be used to show that flying saucers were figments of the imagination? So he's all. So, this is kind of what happens within peer review. Is usually a, a scientist will say, "This is the claim. This is my research. Here's the evidence. Here's what I, here's what I came up with. It's repeatable." And in a really good scenario of peer review, somebody else who's a scientist, in the best case scenario, doesn't believe that it's correct, and they want to go and they want to go test it themselves. And Which then is when what? they come back with the same conclusion, like, "Yeah, I was trying to disprove it, and it turns out, if anything, it's that's what you want." Yeah. Yeah. And I think when, because I, I am going to talk about some stuff in here that is not scientifically proven, but sure. at the end of the day, I'm a very pro-science guy, which is why when people are anti-science, you got to remember, scientists are very competitive people. Oh, yeah. They want to disprove each other because you want to be the guy who told the other guy that he's an idiot, and you want your name on the fucking paper. 
So they're constantly trying to disprove each I other. I mean, what did we say? What his whole becoming a doctor, his dissertation, his PhD, was yeah. like, I'm going to prove these guys are idiots. Even, they were wrong. But even his own mentor was like, you don't have to. And he's like, I'm going to. Yeah, well, no, I'm going to. Who's smarter here? I'm going to at least write a paper on it, something. I'm at least going to call them out in public and say they're little bitches. <laughs> My observatory's bigger than yours. What up? These nerds were wrong. <laughs> Fucking non-pussy getting jackasses. This is an F-Zero. Did you know that? Oh, you probably didn't. Yeah. And his dissertation board is reading this like, this is brilliant. What's his name? Jay? God. Oh my God. And here he says, and here he says, these nuts. <laughs> You've heard that before? These nuts? Oh, this kid. This is a, this is a this clever guy, kid. This guy drives a Corvette, Stingray, or a Mustang. I know it. He's always listening to White Snake. <laughs> White Snake. Always. White Snake is not the one. Is this love that I'm feeling? Is this the love that I've been searching for? Isn't that White Snake? I actually don't know. Is that White Take White Tiger? It's one of the white ones. I thought it was. Uh, it's one of those. Here 80s. I go again on <laughs> my own. Maybe you're right. I don't know. I get all Down those. the only road I've ever known. <laughs> those 80 hair bands. Like, they're all kind of just molded into one. It's just one weird creature of a moment in time where we're like, we just let that happen. And they all got obsessed with ballads. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, one of the greatest guitar players of all time is just known for that one guitar ballad. Oh, are we talking about who? I can't. Slash? Like, no, I can't remember who it is now. Oh, okay. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So... Project Sign lasted two years, <laughs> investigated 273 incidents uh, that were reported to the military. Uh, of them, Heineck identified that in his assessment, a third were easily misidentified astronomical phenomena like stars. Uh, a lot of times it's Venus yeah. being misidentified. That's kind of funny. A third were misidentified man-made objects, you know, uh, like the like people always say, it's a weather balloon sometimes. It's straight up a weather balloon. Right. Uh, and then he said a handful were discarded with insufficient information. So he was left with 48 cases or, in his assessment, about 20% that he was like, I actually don't know. He was either like, maybe we're missing something here or I need to see with my own eyes. But that is what I guess we would consider unidentified. That doesn't say anything beyond that, except that he's like 20% of these we just couldn't. Uh... Doesn't mean aliens, just means we don't know. Yeah, it just means we don't know. No. They threw out a handful of them for insufficient info. So this 20% were enough that they're like, we feel like we know enough. Uh, the person who reported it was credible. Um, we couldn't prove it as anything else, so it is meh. Something we don't Some, know. Something. Cool. Um, let's see. Yeah. there. It's always some silly shit when they, everybody fucking thinks Venus is a UFO. Why? Is it because it's so like visible and it moves throughout yeah. the sky? It's because it moves. Right. And if you're in a plane, right, you see it and then it moves on the horizon and you move your pitch or whatever, right. it's going to seem like the thing is jumping around the sky and freak you out. If you probably had a couple of whiskeys before you got in that plane. <laughs> oh, my God. There's something on the wing. <laughs> something. Uh, Holy shit. Aliens. UFOs. So... Uh, let's see. Those leftover 48 cases actually bothered the military. There were some military higher-ups who were like, that's unacceptable, because uh, we really have to rule out that it isn't Russia with some sophisticated shit. Which is probably good. I think that's smart of them it's, to be like... It's the responsible. That's a, that's a pretty good percentage of, like, we don't know. That's a big, I don't know, 
percentage. Yeah, it's kind of a scary number if you're thinking that it's Russian tech. Yeah. Um, those guys are pretty scary. Good thing that's over. <laughs> We're not fighting them anymore. <laughs> uh, so Project Sign ended uh, with a majority consensus of there's a small... Uh, well, the majority consensus of sign ended with people saying that because it's unidentified doesn't mean anything, and they weren't too worried about it. These are no. all the advisors. There was a minority opinion that this 20% indicated something far more significant, which could be Russians, aliens, uh, whatever. So yeah. Later on, Carl Jung decides that UFOs are psychic projections. What? Okay. I don't like that. That seems... <laughs> That seems like the worst shit. You're like ever. that's the worst explanation. Oh, of man. It's, oh, I don't like that at all. Like, oh, I, can't, I, can't. I would almost, I would sooner accept that they're Martians than they are psychical. Projections. Yes, <laughs> yes, I would. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. It's kind of like with UFOs and aliens. Is it's it's very Bigfoot ish esque in the sense of oh, Bigfoot's real. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? Is that like the pictures are always blurry? Like we don't have one unless you want to go with like, well, the government has them, and then again, that's still not enough evidence for me to be able to go. Oh, okay, I can get behind that. Yeah, you can't say for sure, but yeah, it takes a certain amount, a level of faith, unfortunately. Faith. Look, faith. Bigfoot is naturally blurry, <laughs> and it doesn't take faith if you know UFOs are there. <laughs> this sounds like yeah, I know God exists. Because it tells me in my heart. Well, that's totally. Yeah. I know Bigfoot and UFOs are real because I can feel it in my balls. Well, and I should I should have prefaced this that yeah, this is a history podcast. Yeah. But it's also been established that I am kind of a jackass who believes in. I don't think you're a jackass. Non-intellectual things, but I'm open about that. I'm not really embarrassed, but the dynamic that you and I have is kind is, of just fun. Yeah. In that way. Yeah. So don't worry about it, guys. I'm, when I'm making fun of him, I'm trying to hurt his feelings, but I know it's not going to hurt his feelings. Nobody's really worried here. But no. for the record, Bigfoot is fucking real. And history. And interdimensional. This is still history, obviously. We're talking about a real-life person well, who that's, was doing research in this Yeah, topic. like, I mean, in my own life, I'm a big UFO guy, but it was the fact that uh, with the recent, like, I think it was in June, the Pentagon released uh, what's technically, you could say, is an official disclosure. So I think the interest in it is only going to increase as the apocalypse falls down on us and people start screaming at the sky for help. Yeah. Uh, I think UFOs will become more of... I think people will start seeing them more conveniently. Maybe when the whole Earth heats up and the big asteroid comes in that we're talking about. Yeah. And everybody's dying and there's only a few left. Maybe that's when the aliens will be like, okay, suck up the few that we've got and let's butt plug them. Let's get them all. Line up. Probe them. Line up. Probing times. And I'll be like one last me like, pick me. Hi. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd be like, I already have a butt plug in. I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Take me to your planet. This is great. Yeah. It should work. I think it'll work. This is the best way for the world to end, I think, is me getting sodomized by aliens after everyone's been killed that I know. While the sky is like literally falling. Yeah. And just rocks, space rocks. It's good. <sighs> it's nice to believe. It's nice to have hope in something. <laughs> It's coming. It's coming in the future. Yeah. Well, uh, Jay ended Project Sign not believing. Uh, well, he wasn't concerned about that twenty percent. Where he was like, "Eh, I don't think. I don't think it's aliens. I don't think it's the Russians. I'm not really too concerned. I think it's just." So we still. He's still not an alien guy. Identified. But, but he's an alien guy in the end of this, right? 
Uh, not alien. No the UFO guy. UFO. Yeah, that's an important. Who's driving the UFOs? That's an important distinction for me as well, though. Who's driving the UFOs? Bigfoot. <laughs> Bigfoot. <laughs> you spoiled it. That was the end of the whole episode. Was it really? No. <laughs> oh, I'd be like, this is gonna get interesting. <laughs> An official scientist is like, it's fucking Bigfoot, dude. It's fucking Bigfoot. And I was like, he dropped acid, huh? This is what happens. Yeah, he. He did. Doctors can also hallucinate. A little bit too much ayahuasca, and was like, I got this. I got a new dissertation. <laughs> <laughs> Stick with me, dude. Um. So he did say on the record, because uh, people interviewed him about this, uh, he said that, yeah, essentially I'm sure aliens could exist somewhere in space, statistically. Yeah, I believe that. But I don't think that they are coming here. I also believe that. Uh, his final recommendation was that the military and armed forces be better trained in recognizing natural sky phenomena so that you don't have pilots reporting Venus, you don't have soldiers uh, reporting weather balloons. Which is awesome and fun. That, that should be done. But I also think it would be hilarious if this whole time there have been alien-driven UFOs yeah. and it's just been part of the training of like, you know that's just a reflection, right? So this whole time they're like, oh, I'm not going to chase that. That's silly. There are no UFOs. And in the meantime, the UFOs are like, well, they used to chase us. It used to be a lot more fun. How come they just like ignore us now? It's not fun when they just drive by. Call it swamp gas. It's really know. deflating. No, fine. All right. Close it down. Earth tourism is no fun anymore. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Let's go to the next inhabited planet and dick with them. I hope this place doesn't blow up because we could have saved them, but we're leaving. Actually, yeah, our projections show an asteroid death within about five years, but we're not going to do anything about They're that. They're no fun anymore. We would we would have kept you alive if you would have <laughs> smiled more during the probing. Man, do you remember that back in the, like, the, the 30s? It was like, chase me, chase me, and they did. Ah, oh, so That one fun. guy died. Fuck. That was, I felt a little bit bad about that one. Yeah, it's fine. There's going to be casualties when you're playing space grab ass. It's going to happen. Yeah. There's, there's casualties in life. <laughs> worth it was worth it <laughs> well uh there's a rumor uh that uh, the guy who was ahead of project sign captain edward rupelt endorsed the idea that the unknown cases could very well be extraterrestrial visitation however that uh the military was like don't tell anybody shut don't tell anybody yeah that. based shut on what up. evidence though just, it's just his assumption oh. yeah well again it's i mean it's the late 40s so Sci-fi is a thing, and people are just bigger. thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. Wait, World of Worlds came out. When was that? Right? It was written in like the early. It was like like the early 1900s, 20s, 20s, 30s. I actually, I think, I think it came out in the early 50s. Uh, but I, I think that radio broadcast that scared everybody's pants off was right. in the 40s. Yeah. So yeah, this was just like a in the in the zeitgeist, I guess. Oh man, fiction writers were having a blast. Oh, fuck yeah. Could you imagine being, you know, Ray Bradbury when people gave a shit about sci-fi? Yeah. Oh, that guy was getting laid so hard. I bet. Every other month by his wife because he's a lovely man. Of course, but he was getting laid nonetheless. He was getting laid, though. She's like, I read your story. It was so good. Oh, it's so (laughs) sci-fi. You know, I actually read... A story, a short story of his recently that was like one of the worst things I've ever read. Not bad, literarily, oh. hard to read. It was like five astronauts who were doing, they were on a space mission, and their tether broke, and they just floated off into space. That's frightening. 
and the story was their radio transmissions to each other until they got too far away for the radio to hear each other, and they just died alone. That sounds awesome. I'm reading that. It's pretty it's jarring. Yeah? Yeah. It's, it's certainly something to think about. I mean, I did read a bunch of Edgar Allan Poe. I don't know <clears throat> if I get any more depressed. Yeah. Holding her teeth and rotating it around. Anyways. That guy, I knew he was weird, but I came away from that, like, creeped. Like, I don't want to be around this guy. Yeah. Because he'd be thinking about, like, putting my teeth in his ass. <laughs> and, like, shaving a cat. Because <laughs> it gets him off. He's just a, an obscure person. Yeah. Yeah. Very strange. Um. So the next few years, uh, Heineck actually just uh, was a professor. Uh, he was very popular at his university. He actually had a... Uh, what was know, he teaching? Uh, astrophysics. Nice. Still, and regular physics. But That's fun. I think if I could understand it, it would be fun. No. Yeah. Um, well, it's just like Newton's laws and shit, right? And and the theory of relativity and shit, right? Yeah, but I know from this show that my understanding of it is very rudimentary and yeah, well, we don't weak. We are not scholars of. We are not learners of. I am not learned. We we uh, I YouTube. <laughs> Yeah, everything I know about relativity comes from YouTube. Same. Uh, Maybe. But see, unfortunately... Some articles, but most of it go over my head anyway. So. That's like the, that's like the anti-vax people. Like, that's where they did their own research, was on YouTube. Yeah, so shit. So I, I kind of distrust my understanding of physics, because... Well, I totally distrust it. I think that's the difference, though, right? Is they got their education from YouTube, and then they think they're right. Yeah. I got my education from YouTube, and I realized I don't know anything about the subject. Like, I'm not so... I don't have the hubris that now I'm like, yeah, I could go teach physics. Yeah, well, anti-vaxxers are like, I'm basically a doctor now. We're, we oh, go God. and watch the physics, we're like, that's really cool. I wish I, like, understood any of it. I wish I could totally wrap my head around it. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to go be a professor now, because I watch... <laughs> YouTube. So this is how <laughs> science works. So all science. All right, guys, check it out. So relativity, bro. It's okay. So all right, it's, time. So is... it's like a clock. Uh, Wait, you oh. won't get it. You're too dumb. Go. Actually, hang on. Let me pull up this YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll show you what I mean. I'll show you what I'm talking about. Um, but he was very popular at his uh, university. He had this. He he changed his radio show into a TV show that ended up being like an early. You know, Sagan's Cosmos. I was gonna thing. say this sounds like isn't this kind of getting close to Sagan's time frame? Where are we at now? Are we in the fifties? Oh, yeah. yeah, we're in the fifties now. Okay. And uh Sagan's... I mean this is later in the story, but Heineck and Sagan fucking hate each other. What? Yeah. wait, why does Sagan hate him? This might give me a little bit of Oh you're gonna Which look... I wait till... You're gonna know. Okay. You're gonna take his side and I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, take Sagan's. Side. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be great. Let's battle in this episode. <laughs> this we're gonna, gonna fight. It's gonna be great. Um, we both know Sagan's right. Let's be honest, you're a Sagan guy. Okay, go on. We'll fight later. Don't yeah, worry. Th this this research really hurt me personally. Good. Because I am a very big Sagan oh, guy. Man, I don't want you hurt, but I like, I like this dynamic that's brewing right I now. You're hurt. <laughs> um, let's see. You started working on... Uh, what What am I writing here? I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. Oh, I'm sorry. You're going to have a, some terrible mic noises for a second. Oh, my God. It's so much better. Okay, so he started working more on his uh, his specialization which in science talk is called starlight scintillation and atmospheric turbulence, which is similar to what he was doing before where he was telling you about what you can tell from a star by its twinkle. Now he's telling you what you can learn about that twinkle as it goes through our atmosphere. Because our atmosphere changes uh, 
you know, like a like a lens. Yeah, it right. Changes the twinkle. So that is actually called atmospheric turbulence and starlight scintillation, which becomes his new specialty. Does it? I was gonna say, does it matter a whole lot? So I understand that it's gonna get changed when it comes to our atmosphere, but as long as we're always observing it for our as- atmosphere, and we've always, you know, we've done enough of the these are the variations. This yeah. is what it means. So once you go outside of space, you're gonna see the difference in those things, but. Yeah. Is it because the Hubble te- telescope is going to be launched and shit? No, there just weren't any. There weren't any uh, satellites at all. So any any obs- observations done from the Earth's center or from the ground. So that's like yeah. knowing what the atmosphere does is important for how he defines stars. Okay, well, let's see. Uh, and it's a very great example of me not knowing what the fuck I'm talking about. And I barely know what I'm talking about, but I kind of get it. <laughs> sure, sure. You know, it's light going through a a, a, a bent lens because the Earth is round, so I'm sure yeah. there's some real so it's, real things it's like, to know in that <laughs> way. <laughs> it's like the, you know, you get it. It's, the, it's got a well, curve, think, so think the curve like how hit the curve, you know, and it's like, hold, so... I got one, a YouTube video. Hold on. <laughs> It's going to answer all so your on questions. on a quantum level, if you will. If, if you will, please. Yeah. The particles Stick with me scatter here. more through the Well, because it's round. Lens. Round is a shape that, like, helps. But it also, because it refracts. Light. It goes. You know what I mean? When it refracts. You know what prism is? <laughs> it's so refracting crazy what happens. <laughs> but no, stick with me. <laughs> Refracting. <laughs> well, uh, Heineck's doing that. He actually says that this is his true love, is uh, atmospheric turbulence. His wife was like, hmm. That's nice to know publicly. How lovely. I didn't pop out five children for you. Uh, but this whole time, uh, UFO stuff kept happening. Heineck was not involved in that, but... It, later in the 50s, the government said that they wanted another project to really solve this son of a bitch about what these unknowns were. Is it just the U.S.? Or the, is the U.S. collaborating with anybody else, any other countries we know of? Not for these projects. It's just all kind of U.S. military. Yeah, they're all Navy uh, Air Force projects that are top secret. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that people even knew that this shit existed until like the 70s. Kind of like Korean, like the war with Korea. (laughs) No, wait. Yeah, no. Nam. Sorry, I'm getting mixed up. Yeah. We were like doing stuff in the 50s and then... Anyway, sorry. Oh, in Vietnam, you mean? Yeah. Right, yeah. Some like weird reference point. No, you're right, yeah. Like the military is always doing some dark shit that we don't hear about until later. Until 20, 30 years later. Like, oh. The shit where they were fucking like shooting up... what was it? Black men with syphilis just to see what happens. Oh, and now man. we have huge African-American populations who won't take the vaccine because why the fuck would they? I mean, I so kinda, it's, that's like the one anti-vaxxer thing. Where I'm like, yeah, I get it. Any, I get why you would not want to trust that. Government distrust from an African-American community. I'm like, nah, yeah, I get it. That's, I don't, do not blame you for that. I am luckily in a place where I'm white middle-aged and male so i know nothing bad can ever happen to me practically so i don't fear anything yeah but i i'm understand it. all the stuff that's bad is going to have me already happen to me in my genetic gene pool <laughs> yeah. from when my grandparents yeah. had sex with each other because they were related <laughs> but after that we i mean it's only been up for you since your grandparents had sex with each other yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it's it's always a downhill well health 
decline. Yeah, but that's already done. Aside with. from like the There's... violent, aggressive allergies that you have, and yeah, things like that. But as far as like social status, fine. Yeah, I'm like a poor white person, but I'm doing okay. Still a white person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We can fucking get away with anything. This is great. Um, well, the government created Project Grudge. Um, so Heineck was not part of Grudge, but it's important to bring up because it's like explicit in the instructions for the members of Grudge to debunk every case. That even if you end up with a total unknown, make it known using some fun How? languages. Does that mean, like, make it up or, like, just keep researching until you just fucking get say, an answer? So, like, at the end of the report, don't say this is unknown. Say, um, via this observation, it is prob or is, is unknown, therefore must be weather balloon, flock of birds, the moon. Because why the, not make it weird and complicated just to please a, a goal that seems arbitrary? Yeah. The paraphernalia that was noticed is simply things that we know not to be uh of non-things and then sign it science write, write man. that down <laughs> well i think that's sort of the point is that uh trying to make the military happy so they quit like looking into wasting money or what i think that it was it was partly um everything they looked into didn't indicate that there was any national security threat yeah so if you don't chase them into the atmosphere so that your plane falls apart <laughs> Then you're fine. Then we don't think it's the Russians, and we really can't let uh, the public flip out. So we need to have explanations lined up for this shit. Because if it's people from space, uh, it's not threatening the country. So let's maybe just shut up about it. You know, it's funny because whenever I heard all this stuff of like we want to make sure that the public doesn't panic and all this shit, I always thought like the public was underestimated. Like it's fine. Just tell them what's really going on. It's okay. You can handle it. And then I realize there's flat earthers and anti-vaxxers and all this stuff, and they like uprise. Oh, it's just like, one oh. of the mill Christians. <laughs> yeah, they can't handle shit. And like, oh god, I, I, nope, they were right. We should not tell the public certain things. Yeah. Yeah, I actually kind of agree with the government lying to us now. Yeah. Like sheep. Yeah. Just keep keep them quiet. Like it's it's this last like year and a half has shown how easy societal collapse would be. Yeah. To accomplish. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm kind of surprised we're still here. <laughs> yeah, we really slid by on that one. <laughs> and it's still not over. So, uh, yeah, Project Grudge ended. Uh, uh, 244 reports were investigated, all officially by the military solved as misidentified, insufficient info, comets, birds, balloons. Stars. Planets. Stars. Superman sometimes. Oh. Who knows? Um, but it, it was until September of 1951. Um, what is this I got here now? Oh, so even after Project Grudge ended, the military's official stance was like, UFOs are not a thing. We solved it. It was done. Sure. Uh, until <laughs> uh, in New Jersey in 1951, uh, there's a pilot who's actually in the report always been unnamed. I don't know why. But he. this is the first time that radar... Uh, was actually measured and recorded seeing the thing the pilot saw with his own eyes. Ooh. And it's just another UFO. It, it's fucking weird shaped. It goes, uh, they said at some point, like reaching 700 miles an hour, it would shoot one way and go one way and turn right really hard. And the pilot was looking at it and trying to chase it. It was on radar and everyone was like, what? Yeah. So they flipped out again. And the military redecided, okay, 
Um, maybe let's actually look at this. So if it's something like if it's something like that, we should look into it. Well, this is this different. Is weird. Or... This is scarier. Yeah. Because if the Russians can go 700 miles an hour and turn at a 90 degree turn instantly and keep going 700 miles an hour, that's uh pretty spooky shit. That needs to be addressed somehow. I don't know what we're gonna do about it. We're like, oh yeah, by the way, we found out it's the Russians. Uh. Oh, it's a little late. <laughs> Send in the spies, I hope. I don't know. Do we still have spies over there? <laughs> Shit. Oh, they caught them all. Fuck! Um, so there's actually uh, the general in New Jersey who oversaw this whole thing, General uh, Cable, I think is maybe, or Cabell. I don't know how it's pronounced. Oh. He was Cable like... Cable sounds cooler. Yeah, like that Marvel guy. J and Cable. General Cable from the future. Future. <laughs> nice, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I was a little kid, I had a cable action figure. I, I did too. Did you really? Yeah. That one must have been on sale or something. Yeah. I, I had that, and then that weird green bird guy. I did not have that one. I think his name is actually Sauron. I don't, he's Marvel? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't ring a bell with me. Fuck, I don't know. But uh, this general, who didn't know about Project Sign or Grudge, uh, he went to his higher-ups and was like, What's the fucking deal, man? Like, do we know what this is? And they were like, oh, we did some projects, and it's nothing. It's fine. And he's like, no, it isn't nothing. <laughs> so they actually set up a goddamn new thing. Uh, they started uh, – They, I think that they didn't call it – this is where Project Blue Book happens. So is this they Project They don't call Blue it Book? that quite yet. What's that? Oh, that, So it's called something else at first. Um, at first, I think they're a little hesitant to make a new project to do the same thing the other two did, and they're really just gathering people to show them uh, this scenario and ask, like, what the hell happened? Yeah. As well as the Mantell incident, the one where the guy died. Um, sure. So, let's see, in 1952, uh, they, first they called it Project Stork, um, where Rupelt a guy who was part of Project Sign actually had Heineck because Heineck still has his uh, security clearance. He was like, how interested do you think scientists are in this shit? Like, can we get a real honest consensus or is everybody just going to lie for their own... Uh... Just get it done with. Just like, it's whatever. Well, I think scientists are worried, obviously, about their reputation. Sure. You don't want to be the UFO guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. You don't. Yeah, you got... Ten papers on these really awesome discoveries, and then the only thing you remembered for is like there might might be green men flying around uh, our atmosphere. Which is ironically, yeah, what happens, what happens with what happened this? to Jay? Here. <laughs> but he was given some money to go on. They call the Project Stork, where he he literally just traveled around the whole country to planetariums and colleges and observatories and took a poll on scientists and astronomers and physicists and was like, how interested are you in UFOs? Do you think it's real? Would you look into it? And he apparently got 36% said, not interested at all, don't think it's real, or straight up got hostile. <laughs> don't ask <laughs> me that shit. Get the fuck out of here. This is Idiot. a place of learning. Oh my God. Academia! So Jay got beat up a couple of times. <sighs> so Jay's the one who's going around asking? Yeah. Weird. So yeah. it seems like though 36%, that's a that's a lower percentage than the people that believe in God, like that are scientists. I don't know about that time frame. Probably not, but yeah, that's true. I think that's about everybody funny. believed in God back then. Yeah, bunch of losers, idiots. Twenty-three uh, percent thought that uh, UFOs represent potentially a problem that should be more seriously acknowledged, and forty-one percent 
uh, were sufficiently interested and said they would actually look into it. So Weird. when they got a majority, that's not what I would have guessed. Yeah, no, I would not have guessed that. Either. I guess it'd be interesting seeing if you were like, oh, I don't know what they are, but it's definitely something researchable. It's definitely something I could write a thesis on. That'd be fun. I think, yeah, I mean, like, it's like uh, scientists are generally curious people. Yeah. And if you feel like the UFO thing has not been solved, yeah, I'll go look at it. Yeah. It's probably storks, but let's let's make sure. Yeah. Let's make sure it's not Bigfoot. Or Russian Bigfoots of all godforsaken things. Oh my things. god, don't even joke about that. It's not a joke. It's, it's, I can only imagine very a serious. bigger, drunker Bigfoot. <laughs> Vodka. Uh, that sounds rude because it sounds like I'm calling Russians like more drunk than the U.S. Other people. I think their alcoholism rate is higher than ours, but, but probably not by much. It sucks up there. I mean, you got to drink to stay warm. Well, you're... When your president is Putin, who's really just a dictator, and it's cold all the time. I always just associate vodka with Russian. Like whenever vodka. I think Russian, I want to say that word in a Russian accent. So I don't know it's if fair. I actually drink vodka or not. This show has already been established as racist. It's fine. We've got your feedback. We're just gonna lean into it now. Okay. All right. Fucking drunk assholes. Fucking drunk. Russians. Not Russians. Everybody that's listening. Every, well, yeah, me. Everybody. <laughs> you. Yeah, you drunk asshole. I am pretty much that. Um, we're not apologizing for it anymore. No, we're not. <laughs> God. Yes, we're misogynists, and and we make jokes about Japanese people. What do you want? You're listening. We, we do? Well, we never have, but we can now because <laughs> we're not apologizing anymore. <laughs> I got you. We can say whatever we want. Pee-pees. Oh shit! That's where I went. The FCC is gonna fucking close us down for for bad content. <laughs> um, well, Jay said after after running this thing, uh, this this project where he found out the scientists were pretty much into it. He said, uh, one final item is that the flying saucer sightings have actually not died down, and was confidently predicted some years ago when the first deluge of sightings was regarded as mass hysteria. Unless the problem is attacked scientifically, we can look forward to no periodic recurrences of flying saucer reports. It appears, indeed, that the flying saucer, along with the automobile, is here to stay. So, that's a really weird comparison. I think he was just saying that, like... Along with the new ovens that have come out by some oven company that I can't think of. <laughs> so flying saucers are here to stay. GE ovens, everybody. <laughs> yeah. The, the three-heat convention convection oven. Yeah. Uh, you know, your wife can make you a roast in there, and also aliens exist. <laughs> just wanted to compare those things. Just look out. Look. The look. automobile and and UFOs. Like, <laughs> it's funny. Anyone who says automobile. Yeah, you got to like really break it up. Sounds like they're not a regular person. <laughs> that was an alien who said this, huh? They're like, they're here to stay along with the automobile. <laughs> It's like saying that right now. <laughs> Reality TV is here to stay, like the automobile. <laughs> it's a very precise thing to say. Yeah. Um. Well, uh, Heineck was, yeah, so he was on board. He's like, well, yeah, okay, let's actually look into this shit. I guess maybe there's something to it. Uh, he still didn't believe in little green men, but uh, he was open to it. Um. And around the same time that he was doing this study was also uh, in 1952 was the... Uh, it's called the Washington, D.C. 
merry-go-round or the Washington, D.C. flap, if you're interested. Heineck wasn't involved in that, but it was just a, it's a, a UFO incident where they, like, hovered around the White House, and it spooked everybody out. Mm. Yeah. It's, well, it's a well, bizarre story. Did they find out whatever? No, same, same shit. It was seven objects they saw on radar. It moved crazy ways that would crush a human being if they were in the craft. They sent jets after it, and then they left. Unless you use antimatter, then it won't crush the bodies inside. Well, everybody knows that. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> this is kind of similar to like what happened in Mexico where there's like a mass sighting, and there's like yeah. seven or so. I can't remember how many, but there's like a bunch of lights. I think they were like in a V shape, and they just kind of moved across yeah. a very large area. I think I've seen that. Or like the uh, Phoenix Lights. Yeah. So I, I think it's uh, uh, John Keel who came up with that term, a flap, which I don't know why. A flap? Yeah, it's UFO nerd talk. And this means that like a series of sightings over a course of days or weeks in a specific place is a flap. What a dumb name for that. Couldn't think of something cooler? Yeah, what? I mean, like a like a flog? Like, put a Z or an X in there, make it sound cool. A zopper. That's that's it. There was we a, had a real zopper yesterday. The Washington D.C. zopper. That sounds better already. I would have jumped onto that. Yeah. A no. flap. I'm be like stupid. John Keel fucked it up. Especially Great. since flap is already a word yeah. for something that has nothing to do. No, with... I think of a. I think of fat guy flap. Yeah, like fat flap. Yeah. And they're like, I don't want to go see that. Um, why did that happen yesterday? Why would I want to see that? <laughs> why would the government look into that? It's sweaty and disgusting. Where my taxes are going to? Okay. Great. Can't trust that government. Uh, so that one spooked everybody out, uh, and there were um, just more of that shit. There's <laughs> just so much alien <laughs> shit in the 50s. Sorry, UFO shit in the 50s. Yeah. It's almost silly to enumerate. Um. Let's see, blah, blah, blah. I got some more notes about the the flap. Zopper, is that what you said? Sorry, zlopper. Zla- yeah. Zlopper? I thought you said zopper. I don't know what you said now. Look at zopper. That's good. Um. So after the Washington, D.C. zopper, uh, the Air Force did hold a public press conference because it was all over the news saying that there are no such thing as uh, UFOs. And everything that you can't see is a misidentified star, meteor, weather Yeah, that phenomenon. thing flying over the uh, Capitol, that was a star, you idiots. You just misidentified it because you're not in the military. Yeah. So I know it looked like it was like right above it, no matter what angle you were looking at it. And it looked like it was floating right above. But no, star, like hundreds of light years, hundreds of thousands of light years away. Yeah, I think that you guys think that they are fireflies stuck in that big bluish black thing. Yeah. But they're not. It's like a whole other thing. Go to, go to, take go, his college go courses. To space college, <laughs> idiots. Learn about stars. Um, in space college. Isn't sounds that, like a college that sounds space. Sounds cool. I'd go to space college. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's in like a college that rotates the Earth. It's weird though, because you just learn about history and, and English. They you actually know, don't have a science physics, yeah. course there. You no, just, you're just taking the courses out in it's space. It's all humanities. Yeah, you can take poetry. It's nice. Take poetry or Spanish history. Yeah. If you're into that or Asian culture. 
Asian culture. Yeah. The whole, <laughs> yeah. you can learn about the whole Asian culture. Yeah. All of it. Just in take space. class. <laughs> Welcome to Asian Culture 101. Occasionally, the classroom will go above Asia, so you mm-hmm. see it. Look down, it's see kinda, that's it. I think that's it. Yeah. It's Cloudy, kinda, though. It's kind of hard to tell what anything so. is up here. <laughs> Who wants to go out in space and float around? Yeah? Me too. Uh, all right. Let's get our suits on. Make well, sure to turn your radio on in case we the tether breaks. <laughs> so we can have our last thoughts. So we can talk to each other about how horrified we all are well, until it clicks off and we can't hear each other. Well, it sucks. <laughs> I wish I hadn't gone to this college. <laughs> Why did we come out here? It feels like not only out in space in general, but why did we leave the college? There's nothing else to do. <laughs> why did it come out? See, I'm supposed to be taking an English test today, but uh, no, I'm dying. No, I'm never gonna learn. <laughs> I'm never gonna learn about 19th century what? German poetry now. <laughs> it's all tether. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right. So uh, yeah, Project Blue Book is upon us. So now it's officially called Project Blue Book. Yeah. Which I haven't heard until you mentioned on this episode. So really? it must be a very well known specific. I don't know. If you don't know about it, it might be niche. And I just don't. In the same way that I don't know. Oh, why... I'm sorry. You're big brain. Oh, oh, I know stuff, but you guys probably no, don't. What I was saying is in the same way that we know. Sorry, you idiots. That don't... we don't know why I know anything because <laughs> I'm an idiot. But you know everything. Well. No, I know a lot about UFOs, <laughs> so I know a lot about Project Blue Book. I don't know if that's common knowledge or not. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't heard of it. Yeah, that's the official one, and it's yeah, it's run by the military, and they're essentially relooking at Project Sign and Project Grudge reports it, and new ones. Is it still around today, Project no. Blue Book? It shut down in the '60s. Oh, but that means so we think. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Be careful what you say, because the CIA monitors us. What if all of a sudden it just cut right here, the episode? Just... This is a message from the CIA. Um, Everything that you have heard, you did not hear, or you will die. You do not recognize the bodies in the water. People time never existed. The bunker has been lit on fire under mysterious circumstances. Our bunker can't burn down. Not even the CIA can get in here. Fuck no, they don't even know where we are. Yeah. They don't even know why. You don't know our real names, bitch. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> That's my dog itching. Oh, I was like, is your wife pounding on the floor? No. That's an interesting way to tell us to shut up. Yeah. I'm a Michigan knight. Oh, God. And I am a doctor of <laughs> bird law. <laughs> one of only one of two specialists. So uh, Heineck uh, starts looking at some newer cases and older cases. One of the more interesting ones that got everybody's panties all torn or twisted up is one you might be interested in. It was a, It's a film footage that was taken here in lovely Utah in Tremonton. Oh, that's just the Mormons. Well, he wasn't Mormon. Uh, he, he was driving through Utah with his family. I think they were going to, like, uh, Bear Lake or something like that. Yeah, Yellow, Yellowstone. Yeah. But on their way, they were in Tremont, and his wife saw some weird shit in the sky. He is a photographer, so he pulled out an actual camera, 
and took footage of it. You can look it up online or on YouTube if you want. It's called the Delbert Newhouse. So wait, is this Jay footage. who's actually taking the footage? Sorry, no, it's Delbert Newhouse with oh, his family. I'm sorry, I see. In Tremont. And Heineck was part of a committee uh, for Blue Book that analyzed it. And I don't know, like, I, I, I'm not a specialist, obviously, but, like, photographic specialists said that... It wasn't tampered with? Not tampered with, not birds, looks to be metallic and possibly intelligently controlled because it moves in weird ways. Um, Blue Book officially said, I don't know, birds? That's the thing that, again, this is the skeptical in me, because pictures are easily altered. Um, video can be easily altered without actually doing anything to the film itself, right? Like, you can actually do effects oh, yeah. in real time. Well, I've, I've seen supposed UFO videos uh, that is clearly a smudge on the glass yeah. of their car. You know, it's, it's really easy to make something look like something else through forced perspective. It's like a magic trick. Yeah. It's not that hard. But the Delbert Newhouse footage is difficult because he is outside of his car, uh, and it is just... It's just lights in the sky, but hard to say that it's anything but what specialists say it is. I don't know. Okay. I don't fucking know. Heineck uh, said, I'm not a photo specialist, so uh, sure, it's birds or it's craft. I don't know. And it was officially listed as unknown. Huh. Uh, the next case he looked at was another one from our neck of the woods, actually in Snake River, Idaho. A uh, son and father saw... Uh, some discs skipping over the trees. They said that uh, the trees beneath the craft swirled as if they were, like, in a windstorm. <coughs> uh, back in Project Sign days, Heineck said that these were atmospheric eddies. Eddies. Yeah, because once he reassessed it with Blue Book, he actually was like, I don't know what I was talking about. Like, that's not a real term. <laughs> He's like... I don't remember saying it. So that doesn't mean anything. He labeled that one as unknown as well and kind of had a, a realization moment where he's like, I think I might have been a dick before and was just like... Or maybe he was abducted and he doesn't even remember. They erased it and then put in weird words. That, oh, my God. Missing time and body implants. Yeah, butt hurts after... Yeah, that, that's the weird thing is in this research, Heineck talks about how his asshole is sore, like, <laughs> a weird amount. Like, there's a certain amount that's normal. Right. Uh, like my asshole. I had a fever dream, and I woke up, and my butthole hurt. Dude. It's just, it like, and not in the good way. Not in the good way. Yeah. In the way that felt intrusive, and I was like, I don't know, aliens? Unconsensual. Either ghost rape or aliens and neither is a really good choice here. i would i would put bigfoot but i already out you know i already put that out because uh there was no there wasn't a lot of hair around me yeah well there's already a lot of hair down there but it was all mine <laughs> right right it is still hairy like a bigfoot <laughs> my bigfoot oh my god um hot take though uh, all bigfoots are women oh i did not yeah that's a special. That's a special little dish for. How do they the produce? But they're interdimensional. <laughs> you said it so quick, like they're all women. Okay. So, um, Heineck is part of something called the Robertson panel, where they actually talk about this uh, film footage that uh, the guy in Tremont took, uh, and he gave his spiel about how he's like, um, 
I'm not a photo specialist, but looking at it as a scientist, I don't know what I'm looking at uh, officially. Hmm. And the Robertson panel was actually public. So it made people a little bit spooked. And the government was like, um, we got to we have to stop calling these unknown. Um, you're freaking people yeah, out. It's making everybody nervous. You're making people nervous. Um so they also felt that civilians reporting UFOs um, was clogging up like channels used for real national security and lights in the sky that aren't shooting us with lasers as they do in the movies is not a real national security threat. So they said, um, here on out, Heineck, this isn't these nothing is unknown, brah. Hmm. And because uh, he. I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't have a lot of integrity, or he just wanted to keep his position. He was just like, "Okay, okay." I mean, like to, to some degree, I was I kind of hate that because it's like, don't tell me. Like you don't know what it is either, and if we don't know, it's unknown. That's just what it is. I'm sorry if it's freaking people up, but the other part is like, maybe they're just seen as like this isn't important and it's, it's making people scared. So just shush. Because like we are about ten years now into consistent reports of these things and the government has kind of decided like i don't think it's the russians they haven't done anything with it yeah they haven't tried to attack as they let's don't... be honest if any nation had the ability to go 700 miles an hour and turn on a dime and then had any kind of surprising issue with the u.s yeah i'm pretty sure they would use that technology immediately oh yeah yeah they would Fly over Washington, D.C. Oh, you want to shoot a nuke? We will fly at it and destroy it at 700 miles an hour. Yeah, we'll they turn w- it back around on you. No, and the Russians, they would demonstrate it daily. Yeah. They would shoot They would shoot a nuke over America and then destroy it themselves in the sky and be like, We own you. Don't move. You don't move unless I say so. Yeah. In Soviet Russia, uh, threats threaten we, you. We don't. Yeah, we... We don't bomb you. We save you. We. Wait. Wait. We are the aliens. <laughs> Bow before yeah, us. Yeah, if anything, that'd be even better. Not coming from an, a specific nation, but being like, pretending to be a third party, like an alien, and being like, like uh-oh. Oh. We only, only, we have the technology to stop them, so I guess we're in charge of the world now. Yeah. Guess so. Send nudes or else. Yeah. That's what the aliens want. That's not my words. That's we theirs. need American nudes. <laughs> To keep this project running. That's what, that's what fuels it. That's it. And all American women had to line up, and a lot of American men, too, who were also especially good-looking. Yeah. You know, which spared my ancestors. <laughs> well, those ones those ones are fucking, and they're related. No, no, next. Next. Nah, I don't want that. And then there's me, like, I wonder what happened to mine. Did they get it? <laughs> I took it myself, just put I'll it in an envelope, and I'll just put Russia it. on it. <laughs> Russian. Aliens. <laughs> Dick pics. <laughs> Dick pics for the Russians. Um, yeah, I, and this is one of the... I struggle with this as well, where, like, he was invested in being uh, taken seriously as a scientist, but if you're part of a government project, you have to admit that the government has its own agenda, so you kind of have to just sure. toe the line. Right, right. Um, Play ball. Yeah, and uh, he... He he did this for several years, where every two weeks he'd get a manila envelope full of UFO cases, and he had a small um, uh, 
amount of what, what what am I trying to say here? Money he gets paid to do this. Right. So he's just rubber stamped that just does this is something. It's not an unknown, it's something though. Stamp. Yeah. Stamp next one. He uh he, he he would go to certain cases to, to look at them in person. Other ones, he would just read the file and be like, uh, it's a bird. This is clearly a bird, or this is Venus, or, yeah, this is a, an atmospheric eddy. Yeah, an eddy. Yeah, which is something else. Uh, one, one story that did kind of freak him out was from this woman named uh, Phyllis Killian, uh, who was in South Dakota, and she saw a bunch of weird shit that uh, the lights moved over a military base over there, and the military base saw it, and they kind of freaked out. So Heineck actually went over there and talked to everybody, and that was one of the ones that he personally said, I have no fucking idea, but for Blue Book, stamped it as it was a mix-up of uh, Surface Inversion and the star Betelgeuse and the planet Jupiter. Sure, why not? And also a tail light from a car that was three miles away that it reflected off of. A mixture of all these well, things. Well, you know, when it's when a car that's far away from you is going up and down like a, a hilly road. Yeah, you're gonna. The, your first thought is gonna go ET. No, oh, as all of us do. Idiot. It was a flickering street lamp. <laughs> Plus, atmospheric inversion and Jupiter. And Jupiter, of course. And of course, and Beetlegeist. <laughs> and more than the moons from Saturn. <laughs> that's that Beetlegeist. What a little trickster. Dude, quit saying the name so many times. You've already said I've already said it twice. Don't do oh, it. Oh god. Can you does anyone hear Michael Keaton laughing <laughs> in the distance? Six foot, seven foot, eight <laughs> foot munch. They like come and me one go home. Can't help myself, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Alec Baldwin. Well the the bunker really took a new turn here. Rock your body in time. Okay, I believe you. I was in a very dark mood the other day, like depressive, and I watched that movie to cheer myself up. Totally worked. It is a good movie. Fucking great movie. I'm sorry you're depressed. I'm glad that that helped. Well, I'm chemically, well, clinically depressed, so there's not much that... Beer helps. And Michael Keaton. And Beetlejuice. And Beetlejuice. Oh, shit. We said it too many ah. times. So, <clears throat> uh, he did that. Uh, there was also... Uh, there's this fuck-off named George Adamski... Uh, he's one of these guys who claims to actually speak to aliens. Uh, you know, the Venusians tell him, mm. uh, universal secrets. Sure. People started to buy that. Uh, Heineck actually loves that kind of thing because he finds it funny. So, uh, Adamski actually owns a hamburger shop, like a fast food restaurant in California, aside from being a universal mystic. And uh, Heineck actually went yeah, when to... Yeah, you have the universal secrets, you're like, flipping burgers is where it's at. I mean, fast food, it's a good moneymaker. You know, yeah. He's really onto something. He... Especially in the 50s and 60s, I'm sure that's a... Uh, it might be. Pretty good. Yeah, that's one of my dreams is to own a hamburger stand or a hot dog stand. Tacos. Oh. Good old taco truck. Mm-hmm. But see, the best taco trucks are run by actual, like, Mexican people. Yeah, that's true. I wouldn't be able to do... No, I don't want to take their shit. It's too good. As an American, as a white dude, I gotta sell hot dogs. Yeah. And I fucking love hot dogs. They're okay. I'm a big fan. Polish. With too much sauerkraut. With too much? You want too much. So you can knock some of it off. That's too much. Oh, this no. is just right now. That's too much. This is good now. That's how you want it. <laughs> you can decide for yourself. Well, uh, 
Now, this is just a fun story that uh, George Adamski was making some ha- some waves at this time because there's just UFO this, space alien that, and he claimed to talk to members of the race of Venus, the Venusians. But we, uh, we know there's no... Okay. We know that. Heineck uh, went to the hamburger stand. Heineck is fairly well known. Uh, he's been given some public rapport for who he is. Oh, really? So Adamski knows who Heineck is. Heineck orders a hamburger has a conversation with a friend where he says that uh, we're building a new telescope, you know, that'll let us see the surface of Mars. We're pretty sure there's going to be Martians there. And he says that to make sure that Adamski can hear it. Lo and behold, Adamski starts talking about the Martians. Uh, Heineck loved to tell that story because uh, he finds himself clever. He's like, I'm so smart. I said (laughs) said it just loud enough, like... So, guys, we're building a telescope so we can take a look at Mars it's and see if there's secret, any Martians on there. And just uh... Apparently there's going to oh, be what? Martians. Oh, what, you're interested in this? Oh, that's weird, huh? I don't even know who you are, yeah. hamburger guy. Can I get some pickles? Um. Well, in the midst of all this silliness, uh, Heineck was actually still a goddamn important scientist. Uh, in June of 53, there was a total solar eclipse. That was supposed to cross the Midwest of America, Iceland, Scandinavia, kind of go down to Iran area, Middle East area. That's super fun. You, you were with us when we went up there, right? No. Idaho? You didn't come with us to Idaho to see that one? I don't think so. Was that a couple years ago? Yeah, it was like mm. five, six years ago. No, I didn't go with you guys. I remember you guys going. Dude, it was sick. I've never it was seen amazing. one. I'm, sur- I'm not going to lie. I was pretty surprised at how cool it was because I already thought it was going to be cool. But it was a pretty cool experience. It's was, it was better than I thought. We're like, so this is the one where the moon covers the sun, so it actually gets dark. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I haven't experienced that. Oh, dude. And we were in a really good hot spot. We had to drive up to Idaho, but it was yeah. sick. Because you have to be in the right place. Yeah, you can yeah. still get it from other angles and stuff. You just might not get a full total eclipse. You'll yeah. get a pretty good. I think it would still be fun even if you I didn't think, get the full thing. But I think we I did. saw a partial one that was like three years ago yeah. that crossed over Salt Lake. And probably. Yeah, but not a total. Dude, they're nuts. It, yeah. It's actually really weird because, like, everything changes. Oh, man. Like, even the, like, the, how the animals, like, we could hear animals running around because we're out in just, like, random fields like, yeah. out in the open. But, like, yeah, I think all the animals get spooked from it or, or maybe they just go, like, oh, it's nighttime oh, now. Oh, shit. Could you imagine, like, before we knew what was going on, like, old indigenous people? Seriously, probably. Ah! Like, yeah. ah! Wait. <laughs> Do we have a mythology for this or is, this, uh, is that it? Are we dead? Yeah. Did something just eat our son? Oh no, we're good, we're good, we're good, we're good. It was oh, like, it's it's vomiting, <sighs> it's shitting it back out. It was only like fifteen minutes or so. Okay. Whew. You guys, that was close. If that happens again, we're probably dead. That was almost bad. The first time we experienced someone sneezing, <laughs> started punching him. <laughs> Why'd you do that? <laughs> why, why did you do that? The first time somebody farts, somebody in that village is getting killed. <laughs> oh, it stinks. <laughs> oh, ugh, die. You smell like shit. Are you a shit person? I don't know. Well, we're ready to kill you and find out. Cut him open. Um, well, Heineck, because even though, yeah, he's sort of the UFO guy now, um, he is also still a respected uh, scientist and one of the better guys with uh, observatories and telescopes. So the uh, Air Force Cambridge Research Center... Uh, picked Heineck to grab four international observatories, so he would go to these other countries, collaborate with them with their observatories. 
where this uh, Toller solar eclipse would be so they can get the best views of it, take measurements. Apparently they were trying to uh, get, um, I guess when, when it's a total, total solar eclipse back then, they were looking to see if there was the shape of the moon, the Earth's shadow, if maybe it's a perfect circle, etc., and mostly just for good photos. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so he ran that international uh, collaboration with, you know, making sure everything works, diplomatic relations, calibration, timing, all that shit. Sounds like it was a very, very busy day for him, but... Probably fun. Still fun. Yeah. Looking at the sky and this stuff. This is weird, huh? I just love it. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to find... What the next thing is that he does that's actually interesting. He just goes on lecture tours, um, insists that people not call them UFOs because he hates that, in his words, awful, awful word. He does? Yeah, because it... Where's, we are going to have a flip, right? What do you mean? Where he's also going to be like, oh shit, this shit's real. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's coming up. At this point, he's just calling it, I don't know, it's unknown, man. Which Thick Miltar's like, quit it. And he's like, oh, I was just kidding. I was kidding. Yeah, he actually does that a bunch. And he's like, I don't know, swamp gas? Yeah. When I said I don't know, I meant like, I, I got to think about it. But yeah, it was just. Uh, I just needed another second. Yeah. God. Chill out. Just keep paying me. God. Um, $500 be like, it's Jupiter. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the easiest job I've ever had. Uh, the next like important science guy he did uh, thing was in 1957. So. Uh, in 1957, um, there was a American Navy project called Vanguard that was supposed to be the first man-made satellite in orbit. Uh, they We wanted to have the first satellite because the Ruskies had not shot up Sputnik yet, and we didn't know when they were going to do that. So our plan was to shoot up the satellite called Vanguard. But when they realized that we don't have the technology or the calibration to track it, to track the thing in space, we just didn't... Spoiler alert, Sputnik's the first satellite yeah. in space, so Russians beat us. Well, what happens is they actually, the government puts Hynek again in charge of what's called the optical tracking program. That's kind of cool. So he has to be able to come up with the plan... What? Come up with the plan of, like, where once it's launched up, how it's going to orbit around and keep track of it? Yeah, like... So he's he has to find the right observatories across the world, and then also groups of civilians that he enlisted called the Moon Watchers, who were supposed to just be able to track the thing. So we always knew where it was. So we don't know that it blows up or Moon sh- Watchers. Yeah, I don't, I, not, not Sky Watcher moon. makes more sense. Yeah. Satellite Watcher. Regular fucking guy with binoculars. <laughs> How about that? But yeah, he runs the optical tracking system and. Uh, I mean, it's this huge thing that he's really um, happy about and, and quite proud because he calls it a uh, global initiative during peacetime that he was pretty stoked about. Um, Isn't there a movie about, though, like a bunch of women who were helping on this project that didn't really get any credit? I just watched a movie about this like a year ago. That was really awesome. I don't remember what it's called, but there is a movie I watched recently with uh, three three african-american ladies who are yeah crazy mathematicians that's the one i think that was for the apollo, apollo. yeah you might be right so this right. is a little early but all right i think it is apollo they i were think on. you're right yeah, yeah. so it's been about a year since <laughs> i've seen it it was a good movie yeah really good well and it's nuts to think about what 
people's brains can do, like human calculators. Yeah. Because I can barely, I can barely figure out the tip on a receipt. I get a calculator and I'm like, how do you use this? How do you use it? Uh, numbers. Yeah. Let's see. 30 times. Let's see if Google knows. What is 15% of 15? What's well, a buck 50 plus? Help! Buy more percent. Help! Um, yeah, uh, he's pretty stoked about this, but uh, like you said, uh, the Russians beat us to it. So, Sputnik! All this technology and this organization that he came up with uh, to track our satellite ended up being to track Sputnik, which everyone was really stoked about because they were very, very afraid of they Sputnik. They were scared, dude. People had, that was like when uh, hey, people were also doing the whole, like, if you see a flash... We're here, bang. You got to drop down. Get under your desk. And yeah, hold your head and you'll be safe. Probably not. Get in the bathtub and cover your head. Yeah. That will protect you from a nuclear bomb. Yeah. And everyone thought Sputnik was most likely going to be some sort of military based. Not an unfair assumption, but also not true. But the technology also was really rudimentary when it came to it. Like awesome, because that was like a big leap, really. But at the same time, it's not like they were putting missiles and had the capability. They wouldn't be able to, yeah. Yeah. Because. Or lasers, like people thought. <laughs> Death lasers. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like they were barely able to get this hunk of metal into space. They can't strap anything. I'm pretty sure. Odious it, on it. If I remember right, I think Sputnik eventually came back down because it, I don't think it's still up there. Oh, no, yeah, it crashed at some point. I think it was but I don't remember pretty how long. shortly after. I think I like went around a couple times and then came back. Yeah, and then I think Sputnik 2 was up there for a little longer, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. But everybody was really stoked because Heineck had built this whole program to track satellites um, for to track our own, but then it ended up feeling more like an emergency response. We're like, yo, kick on this program to make sure we don't get nuked. So what was it tracking exactly? Like, uh, was it tracking through like telescopes and then it was just knowing where it was going to be yeah. whenever at any point? So it was, any given time. they would get all this raw data of, okay, so in Australia they see it at this such and such place in the sky and then some moon watchers saw it here in New Zealand. And this information all goes back to the hub uh, in, I think it was in Harvard where Heineck was. And with some other scientists, they would track out speed and projections and trajections and math math and be like well we believe it'll be over central america tomorrow at three o'clock everybody get still down. up there that's really what it was because it's nuts that this happened because um Heineck ended up being like papa papa safety guy he was on the news every night to give people updates on Okay, we saw it here. Currently, it's in Australia. We still don't have any information about whether it's nuclear or what it is or if it's a spy craft, but I'm watching it. Don't you worry. And Heineck uh, made everybody feel better. That's fun. Yeah, and surprised to me that he's not more famous. Right. If you get on the news, be like, Russia's not going to laser us to death. Not this very moment. I can tell. I feel confident about that. I mean, Sputnik right now is over by. Alaska, so and there's like hardly anybody there. Who cares? Yeah, like if they laser Alaska, eh, yeah, is it really much of a loss? Oh shit! What if it melts a bunch of ice? Oh shit! We got. We'll we'll be right back. (laughs) He just leaves the news station. We had not calculated for this. Everyone freaks out. And he just runs. (laughs) Oh god. Okay, so that was J. Allen Hynek. uh, Handsome. Still running away. With the. He's got a cool name, right, everybody? Yeah, he's, he's Jay and his leather Oh, shirt. God, he's running faster. 
Oh, God. He's, he's getting into his car. No, he dropped really his keys. Recklessly. <laughs> he's got to pick up back up. Oh, my God. Pick up your keys, Jay. <laughs> Hurry. What, what is it? This is like a horror movie where you can't get the keys in the lock. It's, it's so dramatic. It's desperate. Something bad's going to happen, I think. I'm pretty sure. Can, is anybody else, can you hear him yelling? Is he screaming? <laughs> We're all going to die. Oh, my God. We're going to laser the ice. Well, this section of the news has been brought to you by Kroger. Johnson's Foot Cream. <laughs> Try Johnson's foot cream for any foot ailment. It'll help. We'll be back after these messages. Johnson's foot cream does not help against nuclear bombs. Why did you have to tell him that? <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. It <laughs> might. <laughs> Give him something. Um, <laughs> well, it was in uh, 1958 that NASA was created. Um, or just getting off the ground. Woo! If you NASA. will. sir. <laughs> Oh, I get it, cause it's it's like a it's like a phrase, but it's also like going off the ground. It's the yep. I think you really blasted off with that joke. I don't know what you mean. I, I think I don't understand, Leah. It was out of this world, if you will. Who? Y- you and your joke. Your joke was out of this world. Not a Brendan Fraser movie. Oh. Uh. That guy's cool. He's back. He's, he's coming back. He's making yeah. that comeback. Is that what you're talking about? I'm going to jet. <laughs> I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to rocket launch out of this place. Yeah. I'm really good at puns. <laughs> Actually, remember when we were on with Ryan and he's just a pun machine? Dude, it's crazy. It's strange to behold. And you and I were both just like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> good, good, good one. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His, I would say his were clever. Like, mine are dumb as shit. No, yeah, and they're still clever. And he's yeah. so fast with them. Yeah. See, that's that's the shit why we fought wars against those people. <laughs> they outsmart us. Yeah. Um. Well, and then Hynek uh, gave, I guess, his optical tracking program uh, to NASA. So he's like, here you go. You can have this. You got free. Here's all the shit you need. And he took a position as the chairman of astronomy at Northwestern University. Um, and started working on more science stuff. Uh, he had a big planned uh, project for balloon observatories called Project Stargazer that he started working on. That didn't pan out, but uh, the technology for it is similar to what they use for... They're not called balloon observatories anymore, but it's just... It's a big fucking balloon with a telescope on it. That's weird. I did not know that even existed. Well, and they stopped doing it once we could actually get into space, because what's the point? Yeah. But that, he was working on that. He was also working on a prototype for... Uh, Hubble, you know, Hubble. get something up there with a real telescope on Which it. Which Hubble almost was a complete disaster. Almost. Yeah, they fixed it, luckily. Yeah. Like, our $14 billion piece of trash is <laughs> what it almost right. was. Yeah. Which is sad. Yeah. Um, let's see. He's, uh... It's like the shittiest pictures ever when they first came out. I know, and everyone was so bummed. Dude, they're like, this is what... This is what you're gonna working this on. That's what we paid for. Can't even see anything. Wow. Okay. They had to go file down the glass. Yeah, I don't know how they fucked up so bad. <laughs> <laughs> like I know what I'm talking about. I was gonna say like I don't know what how it even works. I just imagine with the fucking brains. Yeah. They had accumulated. You'd think that'd be impossible. And like apparently it was like not even a, like very much. I want to say it was like millimeters or centimeters. They had to go up and like something. Yeah. Sand down. Literally just like a little scraping. Yeah. And then we got... And then it's like, now it's awesome. Fucking... 
those photos that they still run in like Time Magazine. Yeah, it's fucking sweet. Pretty I still love like, the pillars of uh, what's it called? I think it's the pillars of God or the hand of God, something mm, like that up there. Not that one, but yeah, it's like a it's a nebula of some kind, the very orangey looking, very kind of tower. Oh, orange nebula, pillar pillars of orange the, nebula. That's the scientific thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm good with science talk. Yeah. Gassy orange sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Space sauce. Yeah. Orange chicken sauce. Yeah, General Sal's cluster. Yeah. Ter- Star cluster. Terminator 2, orange. You glad <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> We're having a weird one here. <laughs> Nonsense. Um, he also worked on what ultimately becomes the technology that Hubble first fucks up and then makes better but it's uh i honestly don't know how this one worked i looked it up a bunch it's called electronic image conversion in which you amplify light via tubes in uh in a specific uh, photogenic yeah it's called telescope photo capable telescopes wait so is it a new type of telescope uh well it's an yeah well no it's it's the it's the same telescope but it's a new technology of like Taking better pictures with him. Oh. Yeah, I don't know how it works. It is called uh, Image Orthicon, and uh, to certain nerds of pictures and uh, telescopes, it's pretty important. Gives them a raging telescope? Hard, dude. Mm. This is, yeah. This is, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're going, they're going straight up. Yeah. To look at the sky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, uh, his image orthicon technology took some of the best first full color photos of space, and these were some of the first ones that ran in Time Magazine and made everybody, yeah, really hard on. Awesome. This. That's so. It's ba- Did he design this? Kind yeah. Of? Oh fuck yeah! Dude. This is his tech, um, or at the very least, he's the head of the project that makes the tech. That's cool. Hey, um, you make something cool. I'm the director. <laughs> Look at this, what I've made. I direct. <laughs> I have made this. <laughs> um, he, during all this, like, real science shit, he's still doing uh, Project Blue Book. Uh, he called one case, which you can look up, called the Levelin, Texas incident. He called it ball lightning, even though... A ball of lightning? That doesn't even sound like... Even as a scientist, you're like, I don't say that. <laughs> like... I've read about this, and there are atmospheric scientists who say ball lightning is theoretically possible, mm. even though I don't know if it's ever been really observed, but it's used a lot to explain UFOs. So what is the idea of a ball lightning? I don't know the technical shit, but it's lightning that accumulates into one area and become, looks like a ball. And it just floats in the I think it spot. does zip around a little bit before it dissipates, huh. which would, yeah, that would explain a lot of UFO shit. Yeah, but the level in Texas one is is very strange. Like these two women uh, pulled over to look at what they said was like a craft in the middle of the road, and when they got out, they got like radiation burns over their whole body, and they like almost died from radiation poisoning. Well, I think like lightning leaves a pretty uh, distinct mark on you, right? So I mean, if it's just radiation, oh, that's that true too. Seem like it would be lightning then, right? Lightning. You've seen those pictures of people who get struck by lightning and they have like that weird pattern. It's on their almost stuff. like a lightning 
Yeah, I think it's the actual lightning burns. Yeah, pattern through your skin. Which is fucking bad. That is fucking, yeah, that's ballers. That is hardcore. That is fucking Nature's hard fucking core. I would say it is, yeah. I, I kind of like think bear. if you had lightning scars, I would show them off. Like, oh, this? Just a ball of lightning, that's all. Uh, I, I mean, just, uh, it's not really a big deal. Like, I got struck by lightning and, like, I killed the lightning. It didn't kill me, yeah, technically. Cool. Like, I just absorbed its power to my body. Yeah. You can see it right I here. shoot it at my dick if you want to come to my house and see. Yeah. It's like Tesla. <laughs> shoot electricity <laughs> at my dick. That sounds awful. Like, you want to shoot lightning up my vagina? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a vibrator that's broken. <laughs> Hurts. So it just keeps shocking you. It's shockingly good. Mm. Come check it out. Yeah. Um. So that one, uh, another one that... Uh, Don't bolt. Ah, so, see? Uh, see? It feels like Ryan's here now. Kind of. Well, I don't have the accent. Yeah, you don't have And it's accent. not as quick. Mine took me a good 30 <laughs> seconds. Don't bolt. <laughs> <laughs> You're about ready to go on. I'm like, hold on, I've got one Wait. somewhere. My brain is working. I got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that happens to me every day. It doesn't strike me as fast as it does with Ryan. Ah, see, that was quick. That was pretty I good. Thought I, it was 30 seconds still. Yeah, it was boiling for a minute. Yeah. It was simmering anyway. I tried to make a sound like it's on the spot, but I really was just going through words. I liked it. I was happy to be a part of it. All right. Usually when Ryan is just spitting out puns, I start to get annoyed because I'm like, how is he doing this? <laughs> and why does it make me see? I feel dumber. Yeah, me too. I'm like, I can't. Jeez. And it's good to have him on the show. Yeah, I love Ryan. And I just get mad. <laughs> <laughs> why is he smarter than Everything me? Everything makes me mad. Um, and then he also, Heineck also looked into a bananas case called the Father Gill case, which is actually not even in America. It just made so many waves that people know about it. It's from uh, Papua New Guinea and uh, basically a Catholic mission where they have like a school for kids. And this father, uh, you know, he's a teacher. Over like two or three nights, they just saw this weird light in the sky that just kind of like hovered around the school, and then it got lower, and it was clearly a medical a metal craft. And they saw people on it, as if like Hello. people coming out and doing maintenance. And yeah, like he, doing maintenance. He waved, and they waved back, and then like this kid shined a flashlight back and forth at it, and so it rocked back and forth in return. And this is, of course, their story. Sure. Well, what happened was the kids got touched and through the PS the PTSD. Yeah, this is what manifested. The father was like, "No, that was not your penis. It was an alien." Uh, uh oh, remember when it waved to you? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Uh, so make sure to tell everyone that forever. Uh, yeah, Heineck actually flew over to Papua New Guinea to look into that, uh, and he because it's not in America, he didn't have to say that. It was Unknown. ball lightning. He was just like, that's fucking weird. Because he walked away with it like the kids seemed genuine. The father guy seemed genuine. It's just such a bizarre story. He was like, I don't, I don't fucking, I don't know. I don't know. They're doing maintenance. They just like landed and they're like, we're just doing some maintenance on the earth. Don't worry about we're it. We're fixing it. We're keeping the electromagnetic uh, fields running. Somebody's got to do it. You guys don't understand that. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Bye. Uh, and then in... Uh, 1961, he did meet with Benny and Barney Hill, if you've ever heard of them. 
Benny and Barney Hill, huh? They're like supposedly the first like uh, real news story of people being abducted. Sounds like a skit show type of name. <laughs> yeah. Key and Pill, Benny and Barney. Wasn't that the Benny Hill show? Is there really a? Yeah, Benny Hill is like, you know, those uh, that like English comedy where a cop chases you one way and then you run back and, the, and right. you're chasing the police and they bop each other on the head. Yeah, it's, it's Benny Hill. And there's always goofy music. That's really weird that, like, I'm positive I've never heard this, but the you fact that I... You must have made that association. I don't... I have no idea. I don't... Yeah. It's fun. Okay. But Benny Hill also does have a lot of perverted stuff where women's dresses blow up, and he's really happy about it. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Benny and Barty Hill, I won't go too much into that. They claim to have been abducted. Their story is pretty bonkers, and I don't think I believe them, but... Oh, really? Uh, Why not? It's just too outlandish. Well, what's their story? They were in, I think, New Hampshire driving late at night, and they claimed to have saw something in the sky. And then they got home like three hours later than expected, and they had like weird rashes on their skin. So they did, as much as I know you'll hate this, hypnotic regression, oh, which is also I... what makes it a bit of a bugaboo for me as well. Yeah. But they claim that during those missing three hours, a ship landed. They got in there, the aliens took some tests, told Betty that they're from Zeta Reticuli. Of course. And then they went home. And <sighs> it's a dramatic story because uh, you can hear their uh, their hypnotic regression series. You can hear it on, on YouTube. Uh, and then I, he's this ship, and I, oh, I'm going in the ship. All oh, the aliens well, and touching me. What's sad is the the psychologist who who did the test. He didn't believe it was aliens either. He thought it was like a <laughs> he's re- like bullshit. He's the one who's doing it. Not he's like liar. Bullshit. Bullshit. Aliens. Fucking people. Well, the thing is that they are Betty and Barney Hill are an interracial couple. Uh, uh, Barney is is uh, African American, and uh, oh, what time frame he, are we? It, it is the early sixties. And uh, or or late fifties, I think, is when they're actually taken claim to and uh the the psychoanalyst was polite but his ultimate assessment was that he's like i think this is some pretty heavy regressive racial fears that barney is having being f- afraid of being murdered for being an interracial com- uh couple and then exact or exacerbated by betty fucking love sci-fi she claims she didn't but she did sure so he thinks it was this weird mixture but this is also my thing is i totally believe in ufos don't totally believe in abduction scenarios. I actually don't think they're related, but that's what it is. If I were to go one step further and be like, okay, the possibility of UFOs here on Earth. Okay, if I went that step, I wouldn't go to the step of, well, they abducted you and fucked you or something. It yeah. just seems so like, put, It seems so human of a thing to put in. Like, well, what would they do if they abducted you? you got to think of like worst-case scenarios. jerk you off. <laughs> or weird shit. take your seed. It's got to be something very un... Like, and try to make it as unhuman as possible. Like they probed me with this really weird thing. I was like, I don't I mean, even, I don't even like admitting this, but just out of my curiosity, I joined a Facebook group of people who all claim to have been abducted. It's like a, it's like a self-help group where they're like reaching out to each other and supporting each other because they feel emotionally and physically assaulted. And I just sort of like disgustingly watch it from a distance. From like, is it a disease that's undiagnosed? Are they just? They can't all be lying. Like, I really do think that something is happening 
psychologically with these people that's being translated in some bizarre way that yeah, I don't know if there's anything to it, but I do not think it's aliens. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not a psychologist. I have no idea what that would... Yeah, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess hopefully at least they're getting um, some sort of... Uh... Oh, they're not. They're just on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. It's like everything else, yeah, just on Facebook. And... They're, huh. they're doing their own research. I don't know, man. I guess, I guess to me, <laughs> here's the thing is, if we were intelligent enough to make a, a spacecraft be able to travel interdimensional whatever, light years and yeah. shit, and I go down, we go down and we see that there's this other species, the last thing I want to do is like, let's abduct and fuck it. Although, that's me, so maybe other people are different. Yeah, I mean, that's my ultimate thing is that we, we can't presume to have their thoughts. Uh, that's true, you but know, also... We don't know what the fuck, if they exist, we don't know where they come from or what they would want, so it's hard to speculate. Sex. That's that's what makes the galaxy go around. Sex. Yeah, sex with bug aliens. I, I just, I, I guess, I just think it was and, like and aliens with like blue skin and like huge ribbed dicks. They, uh, is that what they're doing with the cows that they abduct too? And be like, I don't know what this is. Never seen it before. Mm, mm, well, they mm. just suck all the blood out of the cows and kill them. Yeah. And then they make a crop circle. And then they make this strange. Make all the cows that are in the area sick, and they all die on the same day for some reason. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a real good agenda there, um, that we just have we haven't figured out. We're lactose intolerant, so this is a fuck you to all of you. We're gonna take over your planet soon, and we just don't want any of those. Like the fact that you guys drink the milk of other creatures is weird. Yeah, really, uh, we're weird. aliens, and we think you're weird. We don't do that here. Yeah, we don't do that. So we're nipping this in the bud, and abducting you and fucking you. We do we okay. do that. We do probe. Yeah. So we call it probes because it makes it sound like science, but we're just anally raping you. Yeah. And, I don't know, maybe get into it. <laughs> it helps. Have fun. Um, but Heineck ultimately <laughs> diagnosed Betty and Barney Hill as a, a, a hallucination. He, he's like, I think they saw Jupiter and hallucinated. Which, oh. I don't know. Um, That's weird. The next case that actually really disturbed uh, Heineck. This is the, the first time, I think, when he really kind of flips and goes... I don't know, man, because up to this point, the way he decides that the case is worthwhile uh, looking into or validating is who is reporting it and why, right? If it's a guy who had too much to drink and he's in his field, not not as interested. No. So he likes military and police because these things are like uh, through official channels. The person's reputation is on the line, and they're also often people who are trained in observation, uh, so this is a guy in, uh, New Mexico named Lonnie Zamora. Lonnie Zamora, um, saw a ship that looked like an egg and, and he saw little people and, and then they, and they got in the egg and then it, and it went into the sky and it left burn marks on the ground. Were there still burn marks when he got there? When Heineck got there, there was. What did the burn marks look like? What kind of fuel was it that made the burn marks? I don't think he could diagnose that. See, this is the kind of answers I need. And I have trouble with this story as well, but this is where Heineck is at, where he's like, Zamora's a cop. Hmm. Uh, he was on duty. He wrote the shit down. Uh, he's not on drugs. And after meeting him, he actually called him... Uh, he said his trustworthiness is unimpeachable, which I would never say that about another person, so I think he's Even people I know. <laughs> Nobody's unimpeachable. Yeah. Nobody's unimpeachable. If you, if I found out tomorrow that you murdered someone, I wouldn't be like, oh my God. I'd be like, who can you trust, right? 
Maybe he did. I don't think you'd be surprised if I murdered someone. I wouldn't have guessed. If your wife murdered somebody, even that then, would be man, surprising. I'd be like, I wouldn't have guessed that, but anything's possible. Who, who said what to her? Well, that's Tell true, me too, the conversation. Yeah, I who said what? Yeah. Everyone is impeachable. Yeah. Heineck. I trust zero people. But this, this one... probably a problem that's more me. <laughs> well, I'm in the same spot, too. <laughs> like, I don't trust anybody. Trust no one. I trust nobody. Just the dabblers. Just my people time dabblers. The dabbler army is unimpeachable. That's the one exception. As a group of people. And once our plans come together to really take things over, yeah. the world is going to be a better place. I can't wait. And all UFO reports will be serious. And none what of this kind no of bullshit. fire caused these scorch marks? What was the fuel they used? This is important question. Hydrogen? Yeah. Was it some kind of ethyl mixture? Oh, it's gasoline Glycol? from that guy's car? Okay. Case oh. closed. Figured it out. Is there a, oh, so, the, so Lonnie Zamora's car is low on gas? <laughs> How strange. <laughs> How strange, Lonnie. What? I like dressing up. They, maybe they used gasoline. <laughs> You don't know. It's a good fuel. It could probably get you to space. <laughs> I'm a cop, so I know stuff. So, that was the other thing that bothered me with Heineck is, I get it. Yeah, you trust a cop. Okay. Sure. It's, it's the 50s. Yeah. 50s, 60s. But He's I'm, a stand-up chap. I'm a cab. I'm like, yeah, cops will lie about fucking anything. I don't care what a cop says. A, a cop would more likely lie than a normal more. person. Well... But again, more likely to, to, to save their job. Like, reporting a UFO is not good for your reputation. So that, I think that's why Heineck likes it. Yeah, okay. Because he's like, I, I guess. They is honestly that... stand by this thing enough to risk that. Yeah. So he believes him on this one. Did he get any other evidence other than, like, the story and, like, the scorch marks? Was he like, That's it. Did he say anything or did he mark it as another unknown slash not really unknown? Because I had to say. This one on Blue Book, he officially he put his feet down. He's like, I can't say that this was jupiter i can't say this is ball lightning so this one is an official unknown yeah and he might have even marked it as insufficient info which is how they did that a lot of the time instead of saying unidentified because that bugged well, everybody some guy saw humpty dumpty with a bunch of small people get into him and fart his way with great blast into the air you try to explain that bro um lonnie zamora is a schizophrenic oh is that he, that works and you don't even have to prove that. And just write it. Just say it. Yeah. That's what cops do. You just create reality. Yeah. Uh, this black guy had crack, so I shot him. Perfect. And he had a gun. Yeah, probably. I didn't check him. It was it was my but gun he's a that black he guy. stole apparently from me last week because it it looks like my gun because it is that I dropped it next to him. But the thing but is like, not I didn't drop it. He dropped it. I hadn't seen it for next. like three days. Yeah. So you tell me where it was. Oh, I found out where it went. No, I didn't report that it was missing because I didn't realize it was missing. I thought it was under my seat where I keep all my guns. <laughs> and then it, it wasn't there. But it was next to him. So he so was a that's bad hombre. Officially in the books. Just file that under truth. <laughs> under T for truth. Would I lie? I'm a police officer. I am unimpeachable. Yeah. I would never. Also, I saw an alien spaceship. You tell me. <laughs> Yeah, the story is very infuriating. Sorry, I, I know, in, and in I'm the, like in those ways, and I'm like, let's punch all the holes. Well, that's your job. You're the skeptic guy. I'm the loose one who's like aliens. I don't know. Yeah, you're loose. Uh, just the way I love you. Yeah, my, oh, dude, my bow. I shit pancakes. <laughs> that's <laughs> Jesus. How loose we're talking it's down there. Right? 
so uh, let's see. Uh, Hynek was also hired as an advisor for NASA. Uh, he worked on a bunch of shit with NASA for what they were hoping were going to become space telescopes as well as like where to put better telescopes because uh, they used to just kind of fucking put them where college was. Yeah. And he was like, well, we need to get high up. It kind of makes sense, right? I never actually understood that. Why? Is it just because above the cloud? Like, is that the cloud line you're trying to get above? I think atmospheric interference is lesser the higher up you go. I guess that does make sense. I just figure, like, oh, we got we got a quarter of a mile higher, so now we can see a quarter of a mile further while <laughs> we're looking like, into space. We're looking at a star that is, like, 200 million miles away. And right. Like, <laughs> we need every inch, my friend. A quarter of a mile closer. <laughs> And uh, his uh, his image orthicon, that way that he made telescopes take better pictures, uh, he was he was tapped to help. Uh, how do I not know more about? Th- how did I not hear about this guy? I, like I really do think it's because he's wrapped up in UFOs. He lost his reputation. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but he helped on a committee that used that image orthicon to uh, track Apollo missions the way that they tracked Sputnik, etc. Sweet. And he was also uh, asked to help decide where on the moon the Apollo missions should land. So he had a bunch of... That's so crazy, because dude. Because he had such good uh, uh, like observatories. They took all really good pictures of the moon and tried to decide where was a good a eye for and what it. was flat. Yeah. <laughs> good eyes for the moon. Yeah. Who doesn't? Don't, don't land over in that... that crappy spot that's no good for landing land in the so, good spot here's the thing you guys don't know this but i've been staring at the moon my whole life yeah from my image orthicon so that is a lake of fire and that's a mountain so you're gonna want to go over into a peaceful valley yeah avoid all the martian structures that are on the dark side you don't want that no that's danger it's bad news um and then in 1966 we got another big uh a big uh, UFO incident to happen called Exeter, which is a city in New Hampshire. This poor kid was like, <laughs> he was hitchhiking home, and he swore to God that he saw. He called it a barn-sized thing with red lights that was flying over the road. So in a panic, he ran to the police station and told them, and instead of arresting him for being on drugs, a <laughs> cop actually went with him. He's like, all right, I believe you, buddy. Let's, let's, let's go look for your UFO, pal. You, it's all right. We'll, you calm let's down. Let's do it. And the cop went out with him, and he saw He's a like, oh, barn-sized looking thing over a field with red lights. Really, what they don't know is it was just a flying barn, idiots. With red lights. That happens sometimes in the area. Well, look, like, there's X number of barns in the world. At least one's going to have wings. Some of them are going to fly. Yeah. And then some of those flying ones are going to have red lights. Some will have green lights. You know what I mean? Just, it just depends. This is life. <laughs> so Be they... a grown-up here. Be a grown-up about so the kid how w- shit works. Did other people at the police station hear it? And then like the cop goes, I'll go check it out. And then he comes back and he's like, oh my god, it's fucking real. No, because like, he was hitchhiking and he was in such a panic, this cop was like, let me give you a ride home. We'll look for your UFO just to make sure it's okay, buddy. And then the cop actually saw it. And I think swiftly shit his pants. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I have to put that in my official report. <laughs> it's official. Not again. <laughs> so all the people back at his a uh, precinct, whatever it's called, 
but yeah, his office are like like no get this. Not only does he say he sees UFOs, <laughs> but he shit himself too. It's like it's written in there. Yes. It says shit my pants <laughs> again, again. Yeah. And it says shit the bed again. The quote, the quote from the kid in the back seat was like, he said not again. Shit the bed again. Oh come on, that was even alien based. I know you were ready. You got it. It was all there. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually coming together for me now. The the, I thought you were just happy to throw in the quote. Uh, But no, there's a yeah, some kind of red green or some kind of red blue. What did you say? Green blue blue green Jackie Chan. Hopefully, anyone knows what the fuck we're talking about. Nobody does. Maybe two people. Shit the bed again. Uh, Maybe Google it if you're not. uh, If you're not into uh, what's his name. Maynard James Keenan. Maynard. Sir Maynard. Survivor of COVID twice and avid bird lover. Bird lover? Yeah, you should follow his Instagram. He's a weird guy. I watch his TikToks. Oh, no, no, no. It is his TikToks where he, yeah. he's just he fucking has birds. birds. Yeah. It's a bizarre man. Um, We got uh, we got more of this shit. Uh, there's another one called the... Uh, the Dexter Hillsdale College incident in which 87 students saw several hovering craft and alternating colored lights. Um, this one actually got a lot of press because of the number of witnesses. And uh, Heineck actually went there in person to investigate. And he, uh, he was only able to talk to a couple of the witnesses and really didn't want to blow this one out of the water and tell people that it's a UFO because he was going to be like on the news and in print for this one because it had so much attention. Yeah. So he actually went on the record and said that it was swamp gas. Um, now it sounds just so dumb. It sounds like I, I get the whole point is they don't want to cause, uh, some kind of panic or whatever, but it, if you're giving out lame excuses, then it sounds like you're having a secret that maybe there really isn't a secret. Bam. So it's like, don't... You just hit it right on the head, man. Yeah. That's how people feel about Blue Book, is that there was a bigger secret that they were hiding when really there was nothing to hide other than just don't Maybe. make people flip out. Right. But yeah. that's silly because if you're going to hide a secret, and you would probably come up with something better than swamp gas. I mean, my my guess is that... But I understand that that's what ends up happening. Yeah. Like, as a... As like a responsible adult with a task to keep the public from flipping out, and as a scientist, they're going to buy a weird thing you say. Yeah. And so he just grabbed a thing out of his ass. Because what's fun is that, yeah, like me, if, you, if you're if you into UFO stuff, you've heard the term swamp gas before. It's usually used as a joke. Right. Because the fun thing is that it that's not real. Yeah. Swamp gas has never created a phenomenon that replicates anything that would be ufo related no it, it doesn't create lights it doesn't create sound it it's literally gas that comes off a swamp and sometimes it smells like farts <laughs> which is fun which is fun which is much funner than ufos but um he got he got publicly um uh, like ridiculed for that where the public was like swamp gas brah like that's really what the government's going with so all yeah, any of that, any of that uh, jokes about swamp gas is actually due to good old Heineck just trying to squirm his way just out of the serious Just trying to get by, scenario. man. Just look, man. I'm just doing my job. They Dude, don't I want just... me to put unknown. I have to put something here. I so... just want to look at stars. It's bad eggs. You ate bad eggs this morning. <laughs> I don't know. Look, the cafeteria had bad eggs. 
All 87 of you hallucinated. All right? That's let's, it. That's where we're at. Fuck off. I'm a uh, scientist. I don't need this. That that metal object, it was a can. Somebody threw a can over your head, and you were like, whoa. That's all I can say. You ever done acid? It's crazy what happens to you in your head. Yeah. That's all. This is all that happens. This is the 60s now. You're all crazy and taking your clothes off with your rock and roll music. You shit the bed, and you think you're the chosen one. We get it. We get it. Just let that hang. Yep. So, uh, many of the witnesses were, were pretty pissed off uh, that because Heineck represented the military and therefore the government response to this incident, and he just said it's a fake thing uh, called swamp gas. And he was ridiculed as a detached academic, and uh, the Air Force was called out for being weak and didn't give a shit. Was this like immediate after he did this? Yeah. He just gets ridiculed? Okay. And actually, interestingly, Gerald Ford, future president, Gerald Ford, this time in the 60s, he's a congressman, and it was him who was the most pissed off. He said in Congress, these are incidents which many reliable good citizens felt were sufficient to justify some action by our government and not the kind of flippant answer that was given by the Air Force when they passed it off as swamp gas. Bam! And, yeah, I mean, I agree, so... Either call it unknown or... Call it the best you can describe. Don't give well, it something fake. And again, my thing is, like, it seems like the the military is fine to write it off because it doesn't seem to pose a national security threat. Yeah. So just tell the public that. It's not a national security threat. You are not threatened, but I don't know what it is. Done. And you know what? Nobody, you you investigate it, citizen. You I don't care. Fucking deuce. Yeah. What? Look, I'll take your taxes. I, and I'll try to protect you as best I can. I'm not protecting you from nothing, though. Yeah, I'll protect you from Russia, not aliens. Yeah. Also, I don't think they're real, so it's just lights. It's on you. It's you fucking lights out in then. the sky. You call me when the aliens start killing people, then I'll start putting out the troops to protect you. That's I think, would be a more responsible, honest reaction. Yeah. But that's not what they did. But also, vote for me later. Next, yeah. Next term. Whew. Well, later, um, some people-time talk topic jackass named Richard Nixon is going to do... Yeah, tricky dick. Some untoward things, and I'm going to become president. Yeah. So listen to what I have to say, and we have to start looking into this. Which, by the way, if you haven't listened to our Nixon episode, because it is not what I thought Nixon is. Same. At all. Yeah. It's a very illuminating episode. Tricky dick. Um, so Heineck was actually called to testify in front of Congress. He tried to be as polite as possible, but... Testify exactly what? Gerald Ford said, who called it Swamp Gas? I want them to talk to us. And he's like, oh, it's me. Hi. I'm the. I'm actually the telescope guy. I hope he doubled down. He's like, I'm telling you, Swamp Gas does some crazy things. Stick with me here, okay? Have you seen Swamp Gas? Have you ever, have you ever been in a forest and just smelled a fart? <laughs> and you didn't fart. And you did not fart. That's already a weird phenomenon. So right? first, first of all... Your head is already in a weird space now. Cause you're like, who farted? <laughs> Who's here with me? What the, aliens? What is that? I saw something. I think. And then you look up and you see Jupiter. Whoa! <laughs> you're gonna lose your mind, Congressman Gerald Ford. You don't. You don't even know. You've never been there, Gerald Ford. You've never seen it. Yeah. I'm you, detached. You're detached. You politician. <laughs> you rich bitch. On your mountaintop. Yeah. Your ivory, ivory tower. Congress top. I'm just a telescope guy. I don't even want to be here. I'm a doctor. <laughs> swamp gas. I'm a doctor of swamp gas. Yeah, he, he got yelled at in Congress for a while, and 
he he handled himself okay and and really like the Congress members wanted to go straight for it. Is it aliens and are we in danger? Oh. And of course he goes straight for No. No. Obviously, so did he not try to like kind of kick the blame over of like, look, this is just how the report things as told by my no. commanding officers. Or... He tried to be he tried to stick with the project and just be like, No, look, you know, from everything they told me, it could be swamp gas. Because you know what it isn't? It is fucking aliens. Right. That's what it's not. He's just trying to shut down the alien thing. I got it. That's All his right. job at this point. Yeah. Um, this is when one uh, Carl Sagan enters the story. Woo! Because uh, Carl is... I love Carl Sagan. Close to the Carl Sagan we know now. I think Cosmos has come out. Yeah. Um, I don't think uh, all of his bigger books... I don't I know the book Cosmos, but... What's the, that, the one book that turned into that Jodie Foster movie and then... Well, I did not know that was a thing. Contact. You should watch Contact. It's pretty I good. I haven't even heard of it. Okay. Um, and then, you know, all the other Sagan shit. Which is ironic. Contact with, with an, another life force? It is, yeah. That's what it's about. Which is funny because he's obviously on the other side of... Oh, he does not believe in aliens. So it's... He did a fictional book? Yeah. And it's, I didn't know it's that. really his take on, like, uh, how he would like alien interaction to go this would be this and would what be it nice. would mean this would be pleasant if well we would go out and have a picnic it's close to that with ham i mean i can cheese. spoil the end of science or of science i can spoil the end of contact for you if you want but it's just a more scientific accepted way of looking at aliens not so mystical and bizarre oh, okay it's mystical and bizarre in that their technology wouldn't make sense to us but it would be you would recognize it as technology, not as magic. Magic, hmm. which is what, unfortunately, Heineck is having to find ways to detail, even though he really just wants to look at stars. <laughs> I just, I just go back to my telescope. God damn it! So he goes on to a panel with Walter Cron- Cronkite with Car- uh, Carl Sagan, and Sagan gave his statements, basically just mocking Heineck, Swamp Gas, and aliens thought everything was bullshit. Heineck just tried to defend himself and uh, is not nearly as good a speaker or charming as Carl Sagan, so he got buried. Carl Sagan's just, he's charming. He is mean and when he disagrees with you. Is he? Yes. I've seen him only they disagree with like maybe one person. We got to see it because his tone never changes, but he he can mock a person's beliefs to their face so charmingly that they may not know that they're dead inside until they get home. <laughs> just smiling. I'm like, yeah, this is, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I feel good. Oh, oh God. <laughs> get home and think about it. Like, oh, he said that about me. I was there. Well, the night descends until you have a couple of drinks and you find yourself crying in the shower and screaming like, what? He said it. I mean, I shouldn't even know this. Oh. Your wife leaves you. So it's, a whole, it's a whole thing. Oh my god! And that's just so pointed and yet charming at the same time. You gotta. Uh, he just takes people down. Was there a video of this? I don't think this, but I did see some footage of uh, of Sagan talking about Heineck, but not to, to him. him. I'll check this, that out. Oh man, there's this infamous Dick Cavett episode with them on there where they really go toe to toe that. Uh, according to NBC, the footage was recorded over in the 70s, so... What? Pretty sad. We will never get that. But, same shit. Uh, Heineck couldn't really defend himself. He's not that great at public speaking, and he's continued to be ridiculed. He, 
he keeps going on TV and giving lectures trying to explain his stance that I'm not saying it's little green men. I'm just I don't know what it is, basically. <laughs> Poor guy's getting attacked but from every <clears throat> side and he's like, All I'm saying is I wanna look at stars. Yeah, and that, that's the thing is, uh, Sagan, I mean, Heineck didn't say he believed in aliens, and Sagan went right for it and is like, oh, this is a scientist who believes in little green men? Oh, yeah. That's my That's a really good that's impression. That's my Sagan impression. Yeah, that was really good. But uh, Heineck was like, that's not what I'm saying, man. Oh, shit. <laughs> so uh, it didn't work, and the public ridicule to the swamp gas incident and Heineck being just destroyed um, – Project Blue Book was actually called to no longer be f- done by the government because uh, people didn't trust it anymore. So they want a third party or just close it down. Third party. Uh, it moved to the University of Colorado uh, under a guy named uh, I wrote it down. I think his name is Condon, but that takes Heineck off of it. So Heineck's out of Blue Book officially. Finally, he's like, I got to go back to what I was doing before. Yeah, but at this point, I think. Maybe because of the public ridicule, or maybe he's actually taken in. He's a UFO guy now. So he's like, fine, I'm going to prove to all you guys that there are. I didn't believe it before, but then you guys are all like, you're the UFO guy. So now I'm going to prove they exist so that way you all look stupid and not me. Well, what I fear is that he he actually kind of bra- believed it the whole time. You think so? But because he was representing the military, he had to he say no. Nah. Yeah. You think that's pretty accurate? I think he's just too trusting. Like because pe- it does seem weird like, all of a sudden to just be like, "Okay, you're off the project, and now I'm a UFO guy out of nowhere." Which is exactly what happened. That's that seems odd. So there must have been yeah something. Because like for me, I don't outright believe Lonnie Zamora because he's a cop, but it seems that Heineck does. He's of that mind state. That's a horrible way for a scientist to believe evidence, though. Yeah, it is. That's not good. I think he's a great scientist when it comes to well, that guy over telescopes. That guy over there said that uh, that uh, this trustworthy police officer. Yeah, yeah, said that quantum mechanics is how the building blocks <laughs> of. I've never looked into it, but he's a police officer. No, he's not a scientist. He's a man of the law. He could never lie. <laughs> That's my Heineck impression. Is that what he sounds like? No, I don't think I've ever heard his voice. Oh no, I heard him give a lecture. He's kind of a high, whiny voice, actually. Really? But he looks like Sigmund Freud. He does? Yeah, he's got a very Freudian uh, goatee, and he smokes He smokes a pipe. Oh. And he's got those big glasses, so he looks a lot like Freud, which is kind of fun, too. Hmm. Especially if you think the public turns to a guy who looks more like the face of science <laughs> than a guy with a, with a pipe and a goatee. Right. Well, if I could explain space to you, you might understand, but hmm. uh, you never will. Well, uh... How do you feel about your mother, by the way? <laughs> Just curious. Any weird thoughts or no? no it was my thoughts. Are you curious <laughs> about your mother? No, I, I mean I'm moving in with you. <laughs> I'm moving in with your mother, and I just kind of need to know if you're going to be upset about that because I'm a very loud lovemaker. <laughs> Apparently, your mother is too. <laughs> <laughs> I fucked her earlier. I thought I'd let you know that before I move in. Who are you? <laughs> I am Dr. Science. This is the real Freudian slip where I give it to your mother. I slip it in. Slip it into her. <laughs> That's what I got. Oops. <laughs> How'd that get there? Oh, oh, oh sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, well, he wrote a letter in, uh, in October of 66 that was kind of a, okay, okay, I'm leaving Blue Book. Okay, bye. Yeah. 
And this is what he says. I feel under some, some obligation to report to my scientific colleagues uh, who could not be expected to keep up with so seemingly bizarre a field. Uh, the gist of my experience in monitoring the noise level over the years. In doing so, I feel somewhat like a traveler to exotic lands and faraway places who discharges his obligation to those who stayed home by telling them of the strange ways of the natives. Nobody gets me. Yeah. It's, it's like... I get it. It's Nobody else has dived into this, so they don't know. And I well, have, so... And he's also saying that this is not a scientific topic. Oh, is he? Because science can't study something it can't fucking touch. It's it just can't. all we're talking about is reports of people saying they see lights. Well, I was hoping at one point he would have an experience where he'd go and talk to somebody and then be like, "Oh fuck!" Then he saw something too. So he actually had at least a first hand, whether or not it was UFOs or not. At least he's he thinks he might have saw a UFO once, but it's one of those like, I saw a light in the sky that was weird, but I can't say. It's probably Jupiter. He tells himself. <laughs> he's like swamp gas idiot. <laughs> It's Arcturus. But I'm a believer. I just haven't had a first-hand experience yet. Yeah, that that would be a tough position to be in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he does say uh, that he he starts uh, breaking down kind of his his experience in Blue Book, saying that um, it's not what you think it is, where he says, um, let me see what he says here. So he wanted to clear up common misconceptions about them. And he addressed some ideas that he felt were unfair. And I think he used the word egregious. He said that one of the first things that people misunderstand is that only UFO buffs report UFOs. And he's like, it's actually the opposite is nearer to the truth. Uh, And that it's my experience that quite generally, uh, even very truly bizarre reports come from people who don't ever think about UFOs. Never cared about it before. Yeah. He also said UFOs are reported by unreliable, unstable, and uneducated people, which is also, of course, true, but not all of them. Right. Uh, UFOs are never reported by scientifically trained people, which is unequivocally false. UFOs are never seen... It is? According to him, Hmm. from all of his work with Blue Book. Hmm. Okay. Scientists see UFOs, apparently. Sure. Uh, They are never seen at close range or always reported vaguely. He says that's untrue. Uh, the Air Force has no evidence that UFOs are extraterrestrial or represent advanced technology of any kind. He says, of course, that is true. However, these are two separate hypotheses, and unidentifieds are just unidentifieds. Okay, I see what you're saying there. Okay. So he's really just trying to say that after all these years of fucking with it, and I've been I think that's fair. called an idiot for so long, I can't discount or dismiss what I saw that I is, is kind of convincing me now that I think I think something's happening. I think a fair statement would be that there's a lot of misconceptions. Here they are, and here's why they're misconceptions, and here's the evidence of why. Like, you guys think it's all idiots, or they're UFO buffs, yeah. and they're not. I'm, but at the end of the day, I still can't conclude. UFO. I can't say for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's basically... So he spends the rest of the 70s now. Um, he's the UFO guy. He goes on uh, lecture tours. He... So is he like, UFOs are definitely real? Yeah. And uh, I believe him, and here's why, and here's all this great evidence. His thing is that it requires, like, legitimate scientific study. Because he's like, what I was doing wasn't science. Yeah. I was Swamp gas. taking reports from people and then writing them off. Right. Now, even if I were to approach it scientifically, I couldn't because I was just, like, a guy. Mm. And it wasn't my job to do that. So he spent the 70s advocating for legitimate tests and, and trying to zero in on a way to, to study them. 
because even that in of itself is hard to to just what how the, how do you round the things up? Sure, yeah. Um, wrote several books. Uh, some of them are better than others. They're not not too bad. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't sound very convincing. <clears throat> well, most of them are shit, and there's two of them are okay. He's not an incredible writer, but his his content I like a lot. I've I've read uh, two of his books. Oh yeah. He has one that's called the Heineck uh, Blue Book Report, where he basically goes through Blue Book reports that he wrote off before as Jupiter or Ball Lightning. Sure. And reassesses them and says, this is why I was wrong, and this is why I think it should now be considered unknown. Hmm. And it's pretty exhausting. It's just report after report after report of him shitting on himself and then changing his mind, which is kind of fun to watch. Yeah. <clears throat> Self-deprecation always... I think he really I felt... I was an idiot. I, think he I felt, had to follow my commanding... Yeah, I think he really felt bad. Yeah. But he wouldn't have had access to the shit if he didn't play ball. I still, like... It, I know you've just said it, but just from basically what's been said so far, it doesn't sound like he's even necessarily like, UFOs! It sounds like he's like... No. There's a lot of unknown shit, and that's what I've been wanting to really say this whole entire time, is... It's, yeah. It could be UFOs. It could be something else. However, the point is that this whole entire time I had to say something that I didn't actually truly believe. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially that when, when people talk about UFOs, the first thing they go to is aliens. Right. And he spent most of the 70s saying, I'm not making that association at all. All I'm saying is that people tell me they see these things. It's happened so many times that I think I believe them now. And I think it's unfair that it's being ridiculed and nobody's and talking about studied, it. Yeah. Could just be a natural phenomenon. Who fucking knows? But yeah. we don't know because nobody will look into it. Because, because you look like a crazy person. Yeah. You lose your reputation and become like J.L. Heineck in the 70s where you were a respected scientist who did real shit. And then Carl Sagan calls you a, <laughs> a dumbass and then you're just like, my career's over. That's all it takes from a, a Carl Sagan stab. <laughs> you're done. doesn't matter what you did up to that point. Because I... Hey, Sagan's great. I love Sagan. Significant contributions to science i think heineck did more whoa i mean he did you say the tracking when it came to not only the satellites but where the yeah. moon landing was going to be happening and and the telescopes he improved telescope technology and and uh, uh taking photos of space and spectrometry i mean that's that Spect- spectrography yeah yeah well i honestly i don't know what sagan's done other than been basically a, the bridge between science and that's public the thing. i think uh, he set up SETI, which is ironically the search for extraterrestrial life. He did? Yeah. Wait, wait. What? So look, I left this episode really, really pissed off at Carl Sagan. Really? Like my wife asked me the other day because I was in the other room being like, fuck Sagan. And she was, <laughs> She's like, that's not. That doesn't sound like my husband. I'm like, well, fuck him. Are you an alien? What have you done with my husband? The, oh, the body snatchers. Yeah. yeah. Well, so yeah, I don't know if he's actually made any giant leaps or scientific discoveries i honestly don't know if, if sagan did other than just run of the mill he was a scientist who understood this shit yeah and, and then he just popularized it yeah so i'm gonna put i'm gonna say it heineck's a better scientist than carl sagan <laughs> we might have to do sagan episode and then we'll have to see yeah and then we'll have to cross then I'll be this part where it's like <laughs> and then this is where he calls heineken heineken this is where he calls heineken a dumb piece of shit yeah Heineck. So, uh, uh, Heineck, uh, he, he, he writes a, uh, an article for Playboy, which is a... Ray Bradbury did the same thing? It's a, a few others, too. significant source of, of science. Yeah. Uh, in which he lays out what... 
at least the groundwork for what ultimately becomes the Close Encounters categories. So, so now we're going into Aliens. Or is it Close Encounters of just kind ships? Of. Uh, it's, it's both. Like, Have you ever seen Close Encounters of the Third Kind? No. Spielberg movie? But I understand that I've, I've heard of it. Fucking great. But yeah, it's basically there are two kinds of first... Wait, wait, is this an old one? In like the 70s or 80s? Yeah. I think I have a film class, I think I did. Yeah, with... Uh, oh, I can't remember the actor's name. But yeah, oh, Richard Dreyfuss. Uh, yeah. Great film. Mm. I'm a fan. But uh, yeah, we're basically a close encounter of the... First kind, I think, is where you see lights. Second kind is where you can sort of establish that it's a ship. And third kind is seeing occupants. Yeah. Uh, and he has some subcategories within, you know, based on different things. But that's where he kind of sets that up. And that's where he... Because I think what he decided is that... Did he coin that then? Yeah. Okay, nice. He's he's the Close Encounters guy. Okay. Um, I think that when he looked back at Blue Book, he thought that what it really lacked was, again, scientific anything right so he's like i'm gonna take these cases and try and categorize them and try to try to make it science like let's just do data gathering and categorize it and just see if anything if we can figure anything out well it's a lot easier to find out well how often does somebody only see lights and how often does somebody actually see a ship and then you can start getting percentages and how often and then you can also like areas okay so do we see lights a lot over water but we see ships a lot if we're on the prairie or blah 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 so he's trying to collect data that's good uh he's trying to take it seriously um and he spends the 70s just doing that where um he he had a group of other scientists there's one kind of famous guy named jacques valet um who him along with a few other scientists they cheekily called themselves the invisible college um because they just were scientists who believe in ufos but like just don't tell everybody about it and we'll talk about it in secret yeah and collect data and stuff like that. Invisible. Yeah. And yeah, no one will see us. Hey, do the secret handshake, too. It's in, Don't do it. It's invisible. <laughs> it's done with invisible hands. My handshake is where you grab on my dick. And then yank it. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, we're in public. Secret handshake. Do it. In the college. <laughs> um, we're invisible. He, uh, because of this shit, he started to lose credit, like... In his, because uh, he's still a professor at Northwestern, but they would like uh, deny grants that he would request and stuff like that because he's he's the he's the alien guy. Yeah, and he was pretty pissed. Um, there's that. Uh, I feel kind of bummed because I'm I feel both sides. I feel like yeah, you sound like a crazy person. But if you're actually trying to do research, and if you were saying, look, I'm not saying UFOs in the sense of like aliens, but UFOs as an unidentified. Let me research it. I'd be like, okay. I mean, honestly, it's hard to argue with that, like... Like, there's something... All these people can't be lying, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean... Probably. I don't know. Succubus and Incubus is, like, a world-renowned throughout history. Those are real. Yeah, see? I've already got one right here in front of me. Yeah. I am an Incubus searching for my stuff. But that doesn't mean there isn't something researchable there, because if everyone's coming up with the same kind of similar story, but then you find out through research and talking to people and doing all this stuff, you're like, oh, it's not a demon that's sitting on your chest. It turns out you have sleep apnea. Sleep paralysis. Paralysis, thank you. Yeah. And so, and that's something we could then further research and go, oh. That's a really great example. Yeah, like, all humans are capable of sleep paralysis, and it gives similar hallucinations. Yeah. 
Because I've had sleep paralysis many times. I've had it twice in my life. I have it when I'm like low on sleep or have a fever. Mm. And uh, yeah, it sucks, but it feels like there's a person there. Yeah. You know? So yeah, maybe that's the fucking case that UFOs are some kind of weird hallucination. But that's researchable still. Let's find out. Yeah. Let's find out. And that's where I'm on like the page of like, well, I'll give the guy some credit. Now, if he was approaching it in the sense of being like, I think it's aliens. Oh, I think it's Venusians. Then, yeah, then I'd probably be like, yeah, you're, you're a crazy person. Because you're also looking for a specific answer that you don't have evidence against. Exactly. And that's not science. That's And and that is one credit I'll give Heine, because he, he really doesn't say anything without evidence. He's just repeating back what people have said to him and some of the constant, some of the concerns he has about it yeah like he's like maybe there's something to it man and is it really scientific to just write it off is that what science is supposed to do See, and that's why i agree with him yeah okay because he's not walking around saying no i'm pretty i got it's science that these are the zeta reticulans the grays are here and they're making human alien hybrids yeah. like the x-files i'm actually pregnant and due soon ij allen hynek are pregnant with an alien baby who's going to rip out of my torso and become the president of Chiquita Banana Corporation. Stick with me. <laughs> All right. I know. It's going to do great things. Now, as president and CEO of Chiquita Banana, he's going to reinvent how boats work. <laughs> we always think about floating on the water. Think about being water. Come back to me when you're ready for more. When your mind is fucking ready. And Carl Sagan's like, I got to go talk to this guy again and wreck his life again. <laughs> I'm going to go wreck his life again. Well, actually... Uh, yeah, that's one of the th- reasons I really kind of came away hating Sagan, because throughout the 70s, Sagan was also doing alien shit. He was talking about how do we communicate with them via radio signals. He re- he built the fucking uh, giant-ass... Uh, I still find a distinction. Sagan wanted to find them via radio signals. He's looking Out for technology. Space. Yeah. Yeah. And he can't say that they're here. To be fair, Heineck isn't saying they're here. I agree with that, too. And I think Sagan is... It sounds like Sagan already got in his head that Heineck was like aliens. Is the Martian guy. For sure. Yeah. And whether that's a misunderstanding or an assumption he made that was incorrect or whatever, but it sounds like that's what happened. He ripped ripped Heineck up, though. Heineck, like, went to one of Sagan's symposiums to to give a speech and did his thing where he's like, I'm not saying what it is. I'm <laughs> saying it's something. Alien guy. And they're Sagan... not real, bro. They're not here. He's like, I'm not saying that. Quit saying it louder. Sagan comes out and be like, wow, what a jackass. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Am I right? Am I so right, I'm going to send out signals to the, uh, you know, extra light, extra terrestrial. The, the light real forms. aliens. Yeah. If you will. You have a good Sagan voice. It's kind of creeping me <laughs> out. It's weird. I've never done it before, and it's just coming out of me. Yeah. Like Sagan's inside of me. <laughs> sexy. He's not unsexy. That's, yeah. Yeah. And he was definitely very into weed and stuff. He seems like a cool guy. Hell yeah. Um, During one of these symposiums, Heineck, um, uh, one of his speeches, he... he what am, I, what am I saying here? I'm trying to read my own goddamn notes. I sound like a crazy person. <laughs> oh, he, he had a speech about how scientific history is victim to establishment mentality. Where he, he called it committee syndrome. Where he's like, if you get a group of scientists together and you say something that is not already established, they will mock you. If you get a scientist alone with you, they will, their curiosity will come out, and they'll talk about UFOs. 
if I tell the scientific community I think UFOs are real, they all laugh at me. Yeah, I get it, yeah. And he feels victimized by that. And I also think there's <clears throat> even a difference in that. You tell everybody, you're like, UFOs and aliens. And yeah, a whole bunch of people are like, what a crazy person. Weirdo. If you talk to someone, you're like, yeah, there's some weird stuff. Isn't that kind of curious? And then they're kind of like, it's kind of curious. Yeah. Then I mean, that makes kind of sense. That... It's happening right now. Because I think in any other setting, you would mock UFOs. But if I talk to you just one-on-one, you're like, okay, I guess, maybe. I, mean, I still mock you. <laughs> I feel like I still mock you. You are the Carl Sagan to my Heineck. Well, I would say that I can't do it with voice as well as you can, so. It's, it's a very specific tone. It's hard, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, blah, blah, blah. He wrote his books. Uh, he's, he's, he's given more and more uh, kind of sad stories where he, uh, he becoming the UFO guy really boy. beats him down. Yeah, he becomes a bit of a sad boy. Aww. He's a sad boy. Well, I, it kind of, yeah. Um, he also, he started a, um, well, so it's called, it's called, uh, Kufon, which is an unfortunate name. Kufon? Kufon, which, uh, I'm sure I wrote down the name of. It's a civilian run organization of his that is basically you get people who are into UFO shit and you, if people see a UFO, you can send a QFON member to go investigate it so that we can keep collecting information. Why is it named that? Is that an acronym? He's that's... trying to create Blue Book, but he's in charge yeah. of it. Yeah, it is an acronym, and that's why I'm kind of surprised I didn't write down what it means. Coup- is it a K or a C? It's a C. QFON. Let me look it up. So, celestial Unidentified Fuckers. <laughs> and... Kufon? No, it's the it's the Center for UFO Studies, American organization or Organization of America. Wow, something like that. That was so close. Which I don't know if there there's a modern equivalent called MUFON, which is the Mutual something something. Sure. But Kufon becomes MUFON in the eighties. Um, but yeah, so Heineck is the first person to start I'm one of those. Start Zufon. It's going to be the, the biggest, latest one. What does that stand for? Xeno space. I already forgot the letters. Well, we... Xeno is in outer space, like oh. Xeno uh, alien. Sure, yeah, of course. And then the rest of uh, of America. <laughs> the space of America. <laughs> yeah. It's basically what we're trying to do. The aliens of America. That's what we're trying to... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... I mean, I, if I'm if I'm not totally wrong, I feel Zeno. The... It starts with an X, by the way. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> but that makes it cooler, though. Yeah, the yeah. Z is just is hip. The uh, the president Mufon, I think, got caught being a pedophile like a year ago. So Mufon might actually break down. You might have a real replacement here. Zufon. Zufon. Zeno, but it's with the Z. Everybody ready for that? Yeah. Strap in, motherfuckers. It's not going anywhere. Um. So let's see. Yeah, he does get kind of be a sad boy, but with Kufon, he starts investigating cases again. He's basically running his own private uh, blue book. Uh, he gets some people who are into it. He looks into. If you're interested, there's a weird case called the Hickson and Parker abduction, where two guys uh, claim to have been uh, abducted by. They, they describe them as like robots. 
I don't know, who could float over water. I don't believe that one particularly. Uh, there's another one called the Coin Case, which is bizarre, where a military helicopter is recorded as, I don't know what that's called, the throttle on a helicopter. You know, if you push down, the helicopter is supposed to go down. You press forward, yeah, it goes down, back, goes so up. So this guy named Coin, which is C-O-Y-N-E, he's a military uh, helicopter pilot, and he saw this crazy bright light above him, and it started making his helicopter fly crazy. And he pushed his throttle down, but he was going up while pushing his throttle down. It's all recorded, and uh, that one really got Heineck kind of freaked out. Um, huh. That one QFON looked into. Uh, the best thing to know about QFON is that it is defunct now, but back in the 70s, you could call... Uh, let's see it was uh i think it's i think it's 1-800-YUFO <laughs> yeah it's it's Can one you still call it? 1-800-YUFOs and you could get 24 hours a day a QFON member to take your UFO experience where's my phone <laughs> we're calling it check it out wait where is my phone i fucked up oh, found it oh, okay. you're good okay let's see here one 800. Well, spell out Y like W H Y. Y U F O. W H Y U F O's. This isn't going to be anything I know, but we're still going to call it. The number you have reached is not in service. It's very this sad. This is a recording. This is a recording. Maybe when you wait for an extra 10 seconds, it's like, all right, now you pass the test. We, you have passed the test of patience. Now you must pass the test of horniness. Well, that phone number's open for Zufon, so... That should be the people time phone number. <laughs> YUFOs? 1-800-YUFOs. And the answer is because. <laughs> and then we hang up on you. Yeah, it'll be a recording that says, I don't know, because. <laughs> Click. Yeah. We'll do it. I don't, know how you, I don't know how you buy a phone number. But, um... Yeah, uh, Heine kind of doubled down. Uh, he did start giving a course at his uh, uh, university called UFOs 101, which he probably shouldn't have done. Yeah. Not good for his uh, reputation. I also, I'm starting to now more believe that I think he does believe in aliens, and that's, maybe he's getting kind of bad rap for it, and he's maybe trying to pass it off as. It's hard to say. Because one of the first things I would want to do as a scientist was to try to debunk what somebody was saying. So if they were like, I had a UFO sighting, yeah. rather than going and just, I mean, maybe I'd get the report, but then I would also be like, all right, what do all these people have in common? And let's start punching holes in their shit and see how they react and what they're going to say. Exactly. There, There is some uh, some criticism that Heineck might have been more of a bias little green men guy than he let on yeah. I, mean, was, I could be wrong and he was trying so. to be a scientist about it and be and be uh yeah and trying to deduce but i don't know hmm. he didn't go public with any of that um there's a fun story that during one of his astronomy classes a student uh was naked and painted themselves all green except for scuba shoes and ran into the class and Went beep bop beep bop beep bop uh, to, make, to mock him to mock him, but he he did get a good laugh out of it too. Oh, he's good sport about it. Uh, one of the last things uh, that's pretty interesting that happened is like the Close Encounters movie. I said Steven Spielberg wrote the script. <clears throat> Heineck heard about it secondhand, uh, and because it's named after one of Heineck's ideas, right. Heineck reached out to him and was like, "I'd love to consult on the movie." 
so he went and uh, was on set for a few days. And if you watch the he end, really did, yeah. Fuck. If you watch the end of the movie when the aliens are coming out of their ship and approaching the scientists, yeah. Uh, Hynek's there in the crowd. He's the Freudian-looking guy with. He's the not pipe. a scientist. They didn't make him like an extra scientist. Yeah, he's a scientist in the movie. Oh, okay. And yeah, if if you look, you'll see him because he's a very Freud-looking guy with his pipe, and he's looking at the aliens like, hmm, oh my, very interesting. There must be a picture I can easily look up, right? Yeah, I think if you just Google, like, Jalen Hynek, Close Encounters movie. Yeah. Um, He retired from academia in 78, uh, focused all his time on on QFON. A couple other interesting cases happened to him, one with a guy named Val Johnson, who was another cop. Uh, this this time a white light like fucked up his car. Uh, he had a bunch of projects in the works or the irons around the fire in the 80s. Um, different programs that were supposed to become research engines and biographies. And there was a fucking game show about UFOs that somebody had played around with. Uh, all of this was for naught. He ended up uh, having some weird mental problems where he couldn't think of the word he wants which is a problem i have however i don't think it's the it's same called thing. uh i know this it's called shit. a uh um, what is that word no there is a word for it it's uh <laughs> i was making a joke i'm not i don't know if you're now making a joke too. no i'm reciprocating your joke okay yeah I, I, taking it too i was far. like there actually might be an actual word and you're I like there, I actually do know I bet there is a word for not being able to think of the word you want yeah which it's probably german <laughs> And it's Gulkenslaka. <laughs> but, yeah, Heineck was having some problems, uh, and, and he ended up being diagnosed with uh, a brain tumor. Um, and, I don't know, he started saying even weirder shit than he said before. But some people say that it might be attributed to the tumor, or it might just be towards the end of his life. Uh, he just couldn't figure out what the UFO thing was and started overextending and, and having some weird... Carl Jungian type of thoughts were there. The UFOs are, are archetypes of your inner spiritual life and that, psychical projections. Or the aliens got to him finally because they're like, this guy's saying way they too much. Body swapped him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or just scrambled his brain. Give him a tumor. Tumored. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Tumor. Drive by tumor. <laughs> oh, that's awful. 700 miles an hour. Just. Oh, and he's like, oh. <laughs> my head. <laughs> I think aliens are worm people. Oh, yeah. They're worm people from wormology. Yeah, they're like that, uh, what do you call it again? It's uh, the, um... Oh, it tastes like purple all of a sudden. Anyone else? It's no? that, what's the word for the, uh... It tastes like purple so strong that it's making me what nauseous. What's that one Marilyn Monroe film? <laughs> <laughs> and then he died. <laughs> Uh yeah no he did he uh, he did pass away in uh, what was it here eighty two I believe oh yeah nineteen eighties and eighty two yeah so did any of his kids like say oh any? sorry eighty six oh nineteen eighty six yeah he made it further because I had some more years before I was born even though he had a brain tumor he he kind of shuffled through the eighties and and did different things where again he thought they might be psychic projections and then he also got into some occult stuff oh that's uh, See, this is not a sound crazy. And then the last like uh, UFO case, if you're interested, is called the Cash Landrum case, uh, which is really bizarre. And then he also looked into the Norwegian Hasdalen lights, 
if you are curious, but then yeah, I died in '86. Sorry, are any of those you were cool? telling a story. Um, half, not really. <laughs> a little bit crazy. At, at this point, I'm kind of sick of telling the same story where a person saw a light <laughs> and kind <laughs> of believed them. Like yeah. if, if you're more invested, you can Google Cash Landrum case. Uh, Hudson Valley flap of 82 or the Norwegian Hasdalen lights. Those were the cases that kept him up at night throughout the 80s. So did his kids ever come out afterwards and say anything like, I'm, fall- I'm following his research or like I completely deny him because of his craziness? Like, Is there anything from his family? Uh, the, I only saw quotes from one of his kids. I think his name was Chris or Robert. Those are two very different, very different names. Or Jacob or just Thomas. Pulled those right out of my ass. Uh, but yeah, there's one of them who believes his dad, who I think he's also an astrophysicist now. Huh. I mean, I think Heineck's a generally believable guy. Uh, I don't know about the, the the occultish shit at the end of your life, but I think when you're what, old... What occult did he? It's a guy named Rudolf Steiner. Uh, Rudolf Steiner... It's a terrible name. Rudolf. He's a German occultist from during the times of like where there were a ton of cultish people like Madame Blavatsky and uh, you know like when we did uh, uh, we've done a few David Crush or we did I mean that's kind of more earlier. Oh no sorry not not uh, not cults but occult like Aleister Crowley yeah 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 uh, that weird sauce about the spirit world. Right right so Rudolf Steiner believed in some kind of spirit world dimension that involved parallel dimensions and spirit entities. And Sex I think, magic. I think Heineck might have lost his mind about what are UFOs, and he got a little esoteric about it because he couldn't. science couldn't explain it for him. Yeah. And as a scientist, he might have just went left field, which is fine too. Because I do that every day in my life. <laughs> so God, I'm fine with spirit energy. Whatever, good job. Fine, it's <laughs> fine. But it is fun to say yes. He died in April of '86 uh, when Haley's comet came back. That's Ooh, crazy. He called it. I just saw Haley's comet shoot a rail. Is that a real song? Yeah. So buy you always something is something. I thought you just pulled a decent melody just out of the air. I was no, like, I can't make melodies. Cool. I'm probably singing it wrong still. It's Shine Down. Oh. Yeah, I'm not really familiar with that band. I guess I know the one song. Not a very Staring good. down the barrel of a 45. Yeah. Is that the one? I hate that song. <laughs> um, so we'll end up here. Um, here's a good quote that he gave about Blue Book. He said, there are two kinds of cover-ups. You can cover up knowledge, and you can cover up ignorance. I think there was much more of the latter than the former in Blue Book. I mean, yeah, probably true. I don't. He he thinks that the government doesn't have any knowledge or contact with aliens. They aren't covering anything up. They're just hiding the fact that they don't know. Yeah, I, I can believe that. Which I agree. Um, there's also, I found in my research, uh, right now there's a show on History Channel called Project Blue Book that is basically... It's Heineck as the main character, but it's like the X-Files where oh. it's all insane. It's going to be fiction. It's it's incre- None of it's true. Yeah. And it made me very upset. And it's the actor who played Littlefinger in Game of Thrones. Mm. And I don't like Littlefinger, so I didn't like Heineck <laughs> in the show. Especially if it's being portrayed in a way that's not yeah, yeah. what you were wanting or expecting. Well, um, let me see. I... I uh, 
Actually, the last thing I have is another quote, if you want that. Yeah. There is a more direct approach to the problem, an active rather than passive attack. The scholarly study of UFO reports is capable of establishing the likelihood that the UFO phenomena represents something heretofore not recognized in present-day scientific framework. But no passive methods can prove this to be the case. They can provide only a measure of probability of its being so. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. I agree. So that's where I end on Hynek. And then, of course, uh, the real truth, which is that UFOs are psychical archetype projections. Yeah. That's, that's that's what's really happening. That's obvious, though. Yeah, like you could look at one half of a UFO case and be like, "Yeah, that's a psychic projection." Duh. Yeah, I graduated third grade, dipshit. <laughs> yeah. So this uh, episode didn't go the way I thought. It went well. Oh, you thought it was gonna go? You just like I'm gonna do a bad episode. <laughs> oh no, I thought by the end that we would be combative about the veracity of oh. the UFO experience. You thought I was going to be an asshole, is what we're saying. No, I, mean, I just know that... That's a pretty good prediction. I know that you are a very stringent, um, atheist, nihilistic type of person. Yeah. And I'm an atheist nihilist, too. I just like believing in goblins and shit. Yeah. So I thought towards the end, you'd be like, no, no, this is all fake. Like, this is and I'd be like... Bullshit! No, Heineck is cool. I, you can trust him. <laughs> but this was... Oh, nicer. listen to you. Listen to... Oh, you got a tumor, too? I is might. It, is this where we're at? Fuck you, Sagan! <laughs> Fuck you! In your spaceship show. I still think, uh, yeah, I'm still going to like Sagan. We should do a Sagan. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely going to. I mean, now that we know I can do such a good impression. <laughs> yeah, seriously, we dude. To, yeah. You might have to do the whole thing, and then whenever you're quoting him or just talking about whatever he's spooky. Saying, yeah, do it. Yeah. I'm, I can't I'm do any cool impressions. I, unfortunately, we can't ever do Smeagol because he's fictional, so I can't help you. Can you do Smeagol? Yeah. <laughs> you thought about it. I was going to do it, huh? Don't do Smeagol. Do the actor who played Smeagol doing Smeagol. You don't have any friends. Nobody likes you. Yeah, that's... It's okay. No, that's really on point. That's... I was actually kind of freaked out for a second. I actually walk around my house singing his song that he sings in the movie just randomly. I mean, I do this with all sorts of shit, but... What song? The... Something little fish. You've definitely seen that movie a lot. It's Lord of the Rings. What do you mean? Of course I have. I, the other day, on accident, fell into watching all three <laughs> versions. It's the only movie movie trilogy you can really just fall into It was like a Sunday morning, and I just opened up YouTube, and by suggestion, it was like, you should watch The Battle of Helm's Deep. And I was like, mm -hmm. yeah, I should watch all three extended movies today. Yep. And that, nine hours later, <laughs> wow, well, that was worth great. it. That's great. That's great. I was like... It was like that sex that's so good you can't even remember it. <laughs> yeah, we were like, started again. Oh, oh, I wish I had taken notes. <laughs> well, I Love think it's uh, good to say with people time. And this is the alien overlord taking over. You have been listening to people time. Please note that everything that's been in here has been fake and fictional. Aliens are not real. You will not remember this. And transmission. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe, though. Hey, thanks again for listening to one of our podcasts. Be sure to catch our next one that's coming out. Thank you. People time. People time. Hey, click on the next one and subscribe, bitch. We're invisible. Sexy. We're invisible. Sexy. Buy you always something something. We're invisible. 
Sexy. We're invisible. Sexy. Buy you always something is something. We're invisible. Sexy. Buy you always something is something. We're invisible. Sexy. We're invisible. Sexy. Buy you always something is something. We're invisible. Sexy. We're invisible. Sexy.